0: They didn't want to be in Sticks. It's Dennis DeYoung's band, and none of them wanted to be in it.
1: That's exactly what it was.
0: And, and so, how do you react to that? Well, you fire Dennis DeYoung again. Dennis was
2: so good for this band for the first 10 years, but it's really been all about him for himself, in my judgment, ever since then. For Dennis, it was either his way or the highway, and we've chosen the highway.
0: They su- so,
3: so.
2: So they sued
0: Dennis DeYoung basically out of the band. And he wanted control of the name of Sticks. Babe, I'll well, suing you. <laughs> Randy Bauman and the DVE Morning Show. Yeah, all right. The fascination with uh, Dennis DeYoung and sticks might be bubbling over a little bit. and I, I promise to dial it back. <laughs> but I'm still going to go to that show in October. No question. Go back out to Greensburg. Hang out at the Palace Theater and see Dennis DeYoung sing all of his hits. We got to see sticks without sticks. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I've heard it's the better sticks. Which is crazy to think about. It is. <laughs> hey, it is the DVE Boarding Show. Val is off this week. A uh, much-needed rest from RBS. And uh, today, uh, uh, Julie Grant from uh, KDKA Channel 2 going to be here filling in with your news. I'll, I'll take care of things early for you. Uh, the uh, news brought to you by Dormont Appliance. Quick look at the weather from our friends over at the Channel 11 Weather Center. Hanson.
4: It did seem like that storm needed therapy. It's very
0: isolated. This <laughs> this uh, this storm just won't talk to anybody. It really needs to get out and interact. Uh, currently 70 degrees right now at DVE. Singer Demi Lovato is breaking her silence almost two weeks after an apparent drug overdose. Overdose. Uh, Lovato released a statement saying she now needs time to heal and focus on her sobriety and her road to recovery. She thanked her family, team, the staff at Cedar sinai Hospital, and also her fans. Lovato noted she's always been transparent about her addiction and she realizes that it's not something that can just disappear with time. The singer stressed that she will keep fighting. Best what? of luck to her.
4: I hate these, the, these stories that run she breaks her silence. She just OD'd two weeks ago. Yeah. How about it it's she speaks for the first time. Right. You know, because she's been recovering from
0: overdosing on drugs. It makes her sound like she was trying to figure out how she was gonna handle it all.
4: Oh geez, I better break my silence on this. <laughs> all right, guys. I
0: I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm gonna fix things. You'll yeah. see. Uh I didn't realize she was such a big star. I I mean I I'm just that. Oh, out I knew of touch. she was
4: a star. I just didn't know she was that bad on drugs she looks
0: incredibly healthy is it american wait which one is she on oh i don't know is she on a show yeah isn't she the judge on a show am i wrong about that i think okay i personally think you're wrong about that you may be but great i could about easily
4: me. be wrong about
0: that <laughs> actress charlotte ray known for her character mrs garrett on the shows different strokes and facts of life is dead at 92. Oh, no. Well, 92. I know, but... Her publicist said Ray died in her home in Los Angeles Sunday surrounded by loved ones. Last year, she announced she was diagnosed with bone cancer, and seven years ago, she was diagnosed with pancreatic cancer. Wow, she made it seven years with pancreatic cancer. However, an official cause of death hasn't been revealed. Skydiving. Ray was an Emmy and Tony-nominated actress with a huge fan base. She'll never get to break her silence again. Yeah, she, no, she it's Sad. It's, it's pretty pretty silent now. Um I remember the first time I saw her in something that where she wasn't Mrs. Garrett. I just couldn't She was just Mrs. What Garrett. What was it? it I've matter. never seen her in anything. She was in the Woody Allen movie Um Take the Money and Run, I believe. Wow. As his mom. And Was she good? Or no. It was bananas. And he goes to say goodbye to his parents because he's going to like third world country or something like that, and he wants to visit him at work. But they're surgeons, and he just walks right into the surgery and starts talking to him.
3: <laughs> she
0: was one of the uh, the surgeons. Was she good? I know, she had a mask on, but I could hear her voice, and I was like, "That that wait a minute, that's Mrs. Garrett." So at ninety two, we've lost Charlotte Ray, elderly man. In uh, Schweizigholzen, Germany. Germany. I don't. I don't know if I said that right. I think you pronounced it perfectly. I didn't. Schleswig Holstein. A pair of elderly German men are back in the old folks' home after sneaking out to attend a metal festival. Yes, that's right. The staff at the assisted living center sounded the alarm when the men couldn't be found Friday night. They were eventually tracked down at 3 a.m., headbanging at whacking <laughs> open air. Said to be the world's largest metal festival <laughs> with headliners including Judas Priest and dancing. They reportedly I, I didn't they want were to leave. they
4: both wearing neck braces. That's uh, dangerous to it, headbang
0: it, at that age. It is. The police uh found them there. They didn't want to leave, but they made them go back to the old folks' home. So I mean, Judas Priest, well, gosh, I mean, there's some guys in Judas Priest who are probably not far from being in the <laughs> old folks home. Foreigner is announcing four concerts. It's calling Special celebrations. Translation,
4: please buy some more tickets because none of us are still
0: touring. Right. Two of the original members are going to show up is probably what it means. The word came down after all the surviving members of the band performed Saturday night at the Black Hills Motorcycle Rally in Sturgis, South Dakota. Oh, yeah, that one in Sturgis. Boy, that rally in Sturgis. Foreigner will put on concerts in Los Angeles on November 9th in Rancho Mirage, California. By Palm Springs on November 10th, November 30th in Atlantic City and December 1st in uh, Uncasville, Connecticut. How do you say that? Playing all the big cities, huh? Well, Atlantic City's close enough to Pittsburgh, so if you want to see the original foreigner, there's your chance to do it. I'm sure Madden will go. Professional wrestler and rocker Chris Jericho's rock and wrestling Rager at Sea gets underway in October. We're learning more about who will be on board. Slipknot and Stone Sour frontman Corey Taylor will take over headlining duties. Jericho's band Fozzy. We'll also provide music, as well as Phil Campbell of Motorhead, along with his band Phil Campbell and The Bastard Sons. Uh, King and the up-and-coming rock band The Stir have also signed on. Hey, there you go. If you want to go hang out with Jericho on a cruise. That's the future of cruises, it seems like.
4: Every every cruise you go on now has to be totally themed out.
0: Oh, yeah. Why would you go on a cruise otherwise? Then you're just hanging out with then you're just floating around with a bunch of strangers. I mean, wasn't that what cruises were? They were pri- yeah, but then everyone figured it out they're like, hey guys. Why are we camping together on the water? If we're going to be stuck on a boat with people, let's be stuck on a boat with people that like the kind of music we like. Who are at least like-minded, yeah. Yeah. Uh, That's going to take place in October. There's a new record in the books after an Ohio school teacher rode his boat into the port of St. Mary Saturday in the United Kingdom. Brian Carlson, I'm sorry, Bryce Carlson, set the record for the fastest west to east solo row across the North Atlantic. The first American to complete the challenge. He made it from Newfoundland in 38 days, 6 hours, and 49 minutes, beating the old record by 15 days. Dude, crushed it. Smoked it. After braving storms and other dangers in his 20-foot boat, uh, Lucille, that's the name of his boat, Carlson came ashore before a crowd of spectators. He was pretty wobbly, but 15-day quicker jaunt across the Atlantic than the previous record holder. That's crazy. We bring the pontoon back when there's thunder. And uh, finally, a mental health company is offering Mets fans free, conditional, confidential rather, therapy sessions to help them deal with a troubled season. The New York Daily News reports UMA Health, a New York-based online mental health marketplace, is providing the help for folks who aren't able to see a therapist. Well, pirate fans might need this after all the excitement of last week and then reality kind of setting in. Browns fans have needed it since 99. Folks can visit umahealth.com slash Mets and put in your email address and most troubling Mets moment this year, and they're promising to get back with you with some counseling. I like that. They're actually pinpointing the moment that you broke. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Where was it exactly? Describe the moment. Buck goes with a tough weekend. Michael have more on that coming up in sports. The uh, Friday night uh, lights portion of camp getting underway this past weekend. Ryan Shazier, really the star of that one, and things becoming a little more clear on defense. Mike Persuda with his report live from Steelers training camp coming up. Rob King from AT&T Sportsnet will talk. Buckos and Mark Caboli from The Athletic with a camp update for you live from Latrobe coming up a little bit later on this morning on your home of the Pittsburgh Steelers. Yeah, the TV morning show, Jay Isles Band there when they took that super poppy turn with that album, Centerfold. You could not turn on the radio when that was released without hearing it. It was one of those things. It was ubiquitous, man.
4: Guys, we just want to whistle. Is that such a big deal? Can you just let us whistle?
0: The uh, And everybody thought that Peter Wolf was Wolf. was uh, Jay Isles Because, you know, you always assume the singer is the name of the band. Or rather, the band is named after the singer. Like, I did. Yeah, well, everyone thinks that... Uh, The dude at the front of Hootie and the Blowfish, his name was Hootie. Darius Rucker. Everyone thinks his name was Hootie. How is his name not Hootie? Everybody thinks that uh, Ian Anderson from Jethro Tull was uh, named Jethro Tull. These are weird things. It's just you're conditioned to think, oh, well, he's the singer. It must be his band. Sure. Not so much with Jay Giles. You know, the uh, Comedy Central roast of Bruce Willis aired last week. I don't know if you got a chance to see it yet. I didn't. One of my favorites, Kevin Pollack, uh, is featured on it prominently. And uh, when he was on the show last year, it just, I mean, he always makes me howl. His impressions are second to none. But has there been a more relaxed actor than Alan Arkin? A a guy on screen who is, I mean, like from Second City on, this is maybe one of our most underrated Comedic actors as much accolades as he gets. To me, he is as big as anybody. Robin Williams. You put anybody on the screen, yeah. the funniest guy, and the inlaws is you know maybe that's my favorite comedy of all time. Yeah. yeah,
5: yeah. And I was fortunate to meet he and Peter Falk over the years. Peter Falk was one of the first impressions I did. In like fact, I did it on the Tonight Show, my very first appearance, because I knew that Johnny loved Peter Falk. He had him on all the time. So my first time on the show, when there's a pre-interview, spoiler alert. And I had the, so they say, well, you know, what do you want Johnny to ask you to set up your stories? And I said, well, just have him ask me if I do impersonations. And I again knew that he loved Peter Falk. So sure enough, that moment comes. Now, now, Kevin, we'll talk about the film in just a moment. Somebody told me uh, <laughs> Somebody that you do me. Peter Falk. Is that right? And I crossed just one eye because he was very famous about <laughs> it, about having a glass eye. In fact, I remember reading in TV Guide, Peter talked about having a glass eye. Uh, being playing Little League as a kid and he slid in a second and the ump called him out and he took out his eye and handed it to him and said you clearly need this more than I do <laughs> <laughs> pretty hip 12 year old if you ask yeah. me uh, so I did the Peter Falk for Johnny and he flipped out laughing and um, so three months later I'm accosted in the produce section of the grocery store in Los Angeles by Peter Falk <laughs> who asked me, somewhat near the carrots, uh, how do you do that with your eye? Me, I understand, but how do you do that? <laughs> yeah. yeah. So uh, meeting him was great, and then I worked with Alan Arkin on the movie uh, The in, uh, uh, Indian Summer.
0: Which is a great flick. Yeah. Sam Raimi uh, directed. I, uh, Mike I, Binder
5: actually directed. Sam Raimi oh, plays okay. the groundskeeper guy That's in, in the film. Right. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but Diane Lane, Bill Paxson, rest in peace. Uh, great people in the movie. Um. Yeah, and, and Alan Arkin, you know, I was a guy who I admired my whole life, and so when I finally met him, I, I realized I'd been following him around on the set like a little puppy. Sure. Anything to be near him, you know, and at one point he turned on me and he said, you know what? Get away from me. I'm on my way to the can.
3: I'd rather do it alone.
0: Yeah. But he grew to kind of love that you were. Uh, well, I started emulating, leaving, emulating. I
5: started leaving phone messages on his <laughs> on a... his machine. Doo. Message to myself. <laughs> Let's see. I know there was something. <laughs> what the hell? <laughs> oh yes. Check on the truck for Tony,
3: <laughs>
5: <laughs> and get some dog food for Jesse. <laughs> I think that's it. And then a couple days later, I got a call on my machine, and there was a message for me. Hi, Kevin, it's Alan. You know what? I don't think it's funny. <laughs> there was about nine seconds there. I did not remember leaving that message. <laughs> <laughs>
0: The great Kevin Pollack there. Mike Pursuta coming up next, live from Steelers training camp, St. Fitzacolligently Trouble. Talk with Mike about the weekend's activity with the Steelers. Also, the Buccos kind of got themselves quickly uh, tied into a bit of a knot here after having all that good PR of all the trades and excitement was high. All of a sudden, some reality setting in for your battling Bucks, and uh, they drop another one to the cards yesterday. A full report next on D- DVE. Sports. All right, Mike Pursuit has got your sports right now. Live from Steelers training camp, St. Vincent College in Latrobe. Mike, good morning. How are you?
6: Good morning, guys. Sports This Hour is brought to you by Xfinity from Comcast. The Steelers had a busy weekend, and it wrapped up yesterday with a uh, weather delayed and then weather interrupted and shortened practice here at St. Vincent College. Uh, they didn't get down onto the field until about 3.15. Then there was a little lightning, so they went up to the locker room for about 15 minutes and then came back down. And when they were on the field, uh, because the weather was threatening, it was kind of like a scene out of uh, vacation or European vacation. Hey, kids, look, Big Ben. And then it was on to the next drill. Seven shots was only five shots and everything was condensed. But uh, Mike Tomlin, happy that they got the short yardage work they wanted to get in. Uh, A third and one drill and a live goal line drill. And he was happy they were able to uh, deal with some curveballs along the way.
7: Man, that was really good, challenging, logistical work, Um, but it was important that we worked our way through that and got what we intended to get done today. We were fortunate to do that. Um, Obviously, we're going to be safe regarding lightning and things of that nature, uh, but to get short yardage and goal line in, to get an exposure to these young guys uh, in that phase of the game was very important, particularly because we'll be going into a stadium. Uh, this week coming up, and uh, you don't want to go in ill-prepared in any form of football. Obviously, short yards and goal line is a significant element of that. We're always interested in getting live short yards and goal line prior to going into our first preseason game. Uh, we did that today. We had an opportunity to get guys acclimated to those circumstances and see who can perform, and I, I love the energy. I love the ability to deal with the unforeseen, like lightning lightning, go inside and come out and bring the level of energy, energy that they brought to that sequence. Uh, I was impressed by that.
6: Very interesting play in the goal line drill. It was a play-action pass from Landry Jones to Xavier Grimble, and it uh, turned out to be the new catch rule unfolding in front of our very eyes. Grimble caught the ball. Vince Williams dragged him to the ground in the end zone. Because it was wet, both players ended up sliding out of bounds and eventually... Grimble lost control of the ball, and it came free. All the guys on defense who uh, were not in the, dri- in the rep were pointing at the ball, saying, no catch, no catch. There were high school referees working practice yesterday, not NFL guys, but uh, the two guys on the scene kind of huddled, and then they made the call touchdown, and it looked uh, to be exactly the call that should have been made according to the NFL's new catch rule. Mike Tomlin wanted another look before he was willing to go that far.
7: You know, I don't know that those officials are NFL officials. You guys can chew on that and talk about that. For the purposes of of unique and good discussions, let's say it was a catch under the guise of the new rule. (laughs) I didn't have a good enough look at it, to be honest with you. You know, I have an opinion regarding it. After I look at it on video, I'd be happy to to discuss it relative to the new rule because I just think the more we all get familiar with that, the better. And so, um, but without having seen it, it was moving away from me. My, my line of vision was blocked. Uh, I'll get back to you on that.
6: Mike. There was that.
7: They ruled it a catch, though, on the field. They did. So I'll accept that until <laughs> until I get a chance to review it.
6: Yeah, and now according to Tony Steratore, who's an NFL back judge, and uh, he was part of the crew that was in town last week updating everybody on the new rules, uh, he said what they're doing with this catch rule is, quote, shortening the process back to where a receiver is not a receiver as long as he was in the previous year. He can qualify himself as a runner faster, possession two feet down, and an act that is common to the game. Now, the play they used on the video that they showed everyone was Jesse James against New England last year, and they said, now this is a catch. And the, oh. grimble, the grimble play wasn't uh, from yesterday wasn't exactly the same thing. It was a, a fade to the corner, but... He caught the ball, got a couple feet down, then he was dragged to the turf in the end zone. You no longer have to survive the ground. And if you're if you're elated by this, just remember it can work both ways. That was the Steelers defense that gave up a touchdown on that yesterday too. So I guess it all depends on the eye of the guy who uh, no longer has to survive the ground, whether you're happy about that or not
0: i uh, th- uh, uh, this is all somewhat confusing to yeah no, we're
4: just going to have to see how it plays out this season.
6: Well basically, they showed the James play and they said it, it it's catch the ball, game possession, two feet down or a body part down, and then a football act and and they used the James play because a football act is stretching the ball so if if the okay. james if the James play happened this year. As he turns to stretch the ball and breaks the plane, it's over. Touchdown. Touchdown. Right. And then when his hands come down and he hits the ground and loses the ball, that stuff doesn't matter. Grimble was, was in the end zone. He caught the ball, got two feet down in bounds, so the play's over right there. Once he hits the ground, slides out of bounds, and loses the ball, no big deal. The Des Bryant play from years ago. Catches the ball, takes a step, stretches it to try to get it to the end zone. It's over when... The ball hits the ground because the ground can't cause a fumble. It's more. I like that. More catches are going to result from this. Right. It's
0: just frustrating because when you use a catch that completely altered the Steelers' season (laughs) as the example, well, you know, this would have been good. Good. You know, had it happened, uh, you know, a week ago.
6: Well, Rand, just look at it this way; It'll, it'll make you feel a lot better when you take into account that. Tom Brady still had enough time to throw the ball to Gronk two or three more times, even if Jesse scored.
0: That's true. <laughs> he would have had plenty of time to just come back and see. Is Sean
6: Davis game. still guarding him?
4: Yeah, throw it to
0: Gronk. Throw
4: There's it to nobody, Gronk again.
6: Is nobody guarding him? Throw it to Gronk. Do they yeah. have 10 guys on the field? Is team? everybody <laughs> guarding him?
0: Yeah. Throw it to Gronk.
6: Yeah.
0: Is Sean Davis on the field in La Trobe yet?
6: He is back. He and uh, Sean Burnett returned over the weekend. That was a significant... Morgan Burnett. Uh, Morgan Burnett, yes, because those guys uh, need to work together. A couple things from the weekend. Uh, The Friday night lights practice. Bud Dupree was uh, killing everybody until he got a concussion. (laughs) (laughs) Stop just short of that, son. (laughs) uh, He he blew up uh, backs on backers. He was uh, tackles for loss, uh, quarterbacks harassed. He was... A monster out there until he was and he's been out since then James Washington uh, made some plays uh, in two-minute work on Saturday with Ben Roethlisberger all the receivers or so it seems are injured so he finally got some reps with the first team in that two-minute drill and he caught a fade touchdown to complete uh, the first team offenses two-minute exercise
0: because when I asked Ben about him the other day he's like I don't know I'm thrown to him yet I thought that was an interesting
4: uh, comment by Ben, an an interesting answer to that question. He's got to
0: earn his way up there.
6: Or a lot of people
0: have to be hurt, and uh, then he'll be there.
6: (laughs) He he is making a lot of plays, guys. Uh, He's also making a lot of mistakes, uh, which is not uncommon for a rookie. uh, And the plays he is making are not against top-notch guys. Even uh, the touchdown he caught with the first team, In that two-minute drill, Joe Hayden wasn't practicing, and a number of the other corners were out. So James Washington beat Jamar Summers for what that's worth. But, you know, each step at a time, right? At least he's gotten to play a little bit with Ben now, and, uh, you know, maybe that'll uh, help facilitate the process. Yesterday, uh, they did goal line, as I mentioned, and Terrell Edmonds was a part of that. Uh, on Saturday, he had been a part of the seven defensive back stuff that they used for the first time, with both of the starting safeties healthy, uh, Morgan Burnett and Sean Davis. So uh, a role is kind of slowly but surely uh, coming into focus for Terrell Edmonds, even if he doesn't start. Uh, Steelers are off today; they'll resume practice tomorrow out here at St. Vincent. Pirates lose a tough one to the Cardinals, two to one. They're now four and six since their 11-game winning streak. They're seven and a half games behind the Cubs in the NL Central, and they are five games out in the wild card, and they have fallen behind Washington and St. Louis in that race. First to three in Colorado tonight. Time to go on another winning streak, and uh, <laughs> what better place to do it? They've got Joe Musgrove, Jameson Tyone, and Chris Archer lined up the next three days to face the Rockies.
0: Well, they're going to need it.
6: Yeah, they're going to they're have to win another you know, five, six, seven in a row. At some point, to yep. uh, to give themselves a shot at this, they've done it
0: before. They can do it again, Mike.
6: They can. Uh, we'll, you know, Musgrove, Tyone, and Archer. I'm I'm real interested to see how this goes in the next three days.
0: I was surprised at how few people showed up for the Friday night Archer start. Twenty seven thousand the announced attendance.
6: Yeah, that's that was probably a really good walk up because they only had nineteen yesterday.
0: And well, they had thirty, I think. 32
6: Saturday night.
0: Okay, and that was regatta also, which meant that was a free fireworks that happened during the game, basically. You got a regatta with John Zucotta. Yes.
6: Actually, you don't, and I didn't. Well, you well,
4: missed out on the best fireworks of the year. It's catchy to say it that way, Mike. Hi. Right.
6: You don't re- got a regatta. It's the rebel in me, Bill. Anytime you say I got to do anything, I'm going to probably go the other way.
0: That's uh, Rebel, Mike Pursuta. Live from Steelers training camp, St. Fitz's College in Latrobe. More from Mike next hour. Thanks, Mike. Thanks, guys. Coming up, uh, filling in uh, on the the news, Julie Grant from Channel 2 will uh, be taking over for Val today, who's on a much-needed vacation. We're going to talk Steelers with Mark Caboli from The Athletic, who's rooming right next to Mike. Maybe we can just have him come over and use Mike's headset <laughs> there. And Rob King talking buckos, eight fifteen. Every time I hear that commercial, I just imagine a bunch of subs washing up on the shore. How magical that would be. You'd Just sitting there, you're like... Do I smell ham? And then you like open your eyes. Is that a cold cut trio? And peer through your uh, sunscreen glaze and notice there's a six inch meatball hoagie sitting next to you on the beach. I wonder if you poke at it, if, if it'll explode like the whales do. <laughs> Hopefully not. It's the DVE morning show. Um, a new survey out of the University of Georgia has emerged. Researchers quizzed 758 people on their desire to visit Cuba. Of all the destinations, Cuba was chosen because of its recent availability to U.S. tourists. Because the country's been locked out for so long, it's widely considered an authentic travel experience. But only in the short term, as the study highlights their narrative, see Cuba before it becomes McDonaldized has been eternalized by mass of American tourists. Now, Get it with, while the pictures are good. With the, it, This is exactly what it is. Researchers quiz respondents on whether they would like to visit sometime in the next year, the next five years, or the next 10. And the people were asked several questions about their travel motivations based on the time frame they selected. People wanted to see Cuba within a year were far more likely... To be motivated by the promise of likes on social media, whereas people content to wait another five to ten years had more of an interest in the country as itself, or as it is, you know, they they didn't care about preserving what it is right now to capture on their Instagram. just want to be the worst. Researchers noted the symbolic value of social media posts about travel experiences has a greater influence on intentions to travel in the short term compared to the long term. They suggested such findings were useful to travel agencies as destinations with high social media potential could take advantage of the bandwagon effect and the snob effect as they wax and wane in popularity. So there you go. Something we've always kind of known. People's travel plans center around a lot of times, particularly the younger people, people in their 20s. Where can I get the best picks? Where will I get the most likes? And once it's already played out, well, you don't want to go there. I heard someone say well, they were talking about Iceland, which I went to Iceland last summer when those trips first started. Now, the, uh, the, the. And you went there just to get some likes, right? All I wanted was likes. Yeah. The boom that sort of did happen in Iceland already occurred. And, you know, Pittsburghers now had a an opportunity to go direct to Reykjavik. 5 hour flights like slower not slower but it's uh quicker than getting to Seattle, you know. Yeah. And so uh we went we toured around the country. We went to all the sites. We did a bunch of hikes. Unbelievable pictures walking around waterfalls. Oh yeah, waterfalls. you showed me. It's amazing. Incredible. Beautiful. I mean, I'm not going to lie to you. The amount of likes I got on the pics I posted and I posted them all after I got home. It was it was like Through the roof. I was like, "Look at me! Whoa! Look at all these lights Hold on a second. Last week, someone was talking about it. Like, no, it's already played out. Are you going to go to Iceland? Nah, it's already played out. Like, it's played out. All the pictures are used up. Everybody's been to all the places. This is just dumb. I know. We we, we're hitting new levels of dumb all the time on a daily basis. (laughs) I mean. But this person was literally saying, no, I don't want to go to that unbelievably beautiful place because everybody's already posted pics from there. No, I'm going on spring break in North Korea. That's (laughs) exclusive. Nobody's been there. It's like going to the club after it's not cool anymore when you couldn't get in back in the day. And then all of a sudden now you can just roll right into it. You don't want to go. Well, see, but then there's a whole
4: new wave of people like me who don't go to something until it's not cool anymore. Uh-huh. Aha. <laughs> you know, you get all those those trendy uh, Twitter douches out y- of there. Yes. And then all of a sudden it's safe for the rest of us. Right. I'd like to go. I'm going to plan a trip to Iceland. Not yet. Next year.
0: <laughs> wait a little while. I want It's still a little too cool. And you might want to wait another 15 for Cuba.
4: Yeah. Yeah. Have you seen any of the pictures out of Cuba? It looks like it has it, it's looks like one of those time capsules that uh you, you just open up and
0: it's 50 years ago. I wanted to go because I thought it was going to be like, oh, it'll be great. Like, I'll have uh, the Buena Vista Social Club soundtrack playing in my head the entire time. Sure. Everywhere you go. The food will be great. Cigars we'll all be will be We'll be dressed like we're in 1950s. Like, I'm going to have patent leather white shoes, and I'll have, like, a shirt unbuttoned, like, down <laughs> to, like, my navel. Yeah. And I'll be all sweaty. Nice all this- Tommy Bahama yeah, shirt. You immediately become swarthy as soon as you come off the plane there, you think, you know? People it make people start calling you spats and then one of my friends who went there i asked her for advice i go what's the best way to get there i, I don't really know how to go about doing it yet and she gave me all of these instructions and they were there's a lot and then she's like plus mean? there's like a lot of you have to you can't just book a flight t- to
4: no they don't go direct there
0: no yeah i think you had to go to toronto and then there i'm not sure i the I'm not sure you could fly direct from the United States now. I know we've lifted the embargo, but I think there are some, still some like travel hoops you have to jump through. Well, what had happened was they started, <laughs> Don't remember the sonic attacks that happened there? Yes. On our embassy?
4: Yeah, where, where it affected people's hearing, like they
0: were screwed up for days and so, weeks. So they said, hey, don't go there till we figure out what the hell's going on here because they're practicing some new type of warfare on our embassy down there. And oh, by the way, there are mosquitoes with the Zika virus. So then I thought, okay. All right. I really would like to get
4: the likes, but this is a bit much. Got to go down there in a beekeeper suit and
0: heavy-duty earplugs. But that's what's great about Pittsburgh. You can go to Grandview Avenue take a picture. You're going to get 400 likes. That's right. We're a like-proof town. We are. You need a little kick in the self-esteem bucket? Go to the point. <laughs> just
4: take a picture oh my of God. anything. People were posting pictures of the regatta this I weekend. Know. And yeah. I just saw the likes racking up. Did you see the pictures of the regatta fireworks? Oh, yeah. Insane. They were, they were
0: incredible. Those were the best fireworks I've seen in a long time in Pittsburgh. Yeah. But that's what's great about Pittsburgh. You don't need to go anywhere, and Pittsburghers will like your pictures if they're of Pittsburgh. Something in Pittsburgh. The stuff we p- no. posted from
4: camp, forget Look, it. I mean, I was in Idlewild yesterday. I was at Idlewild yeah. yesterday. That was kind of like Cuba. I feel like <laughs> some of the rides there haven't been updated for 50, 60 years. A lot of the stuff is closed. A lot of wooden rides that are no longer in operation. A lot of the food, they're like, ah, uh, you, you might guys- want to. Mm. I don't
0: know. Jeremiah you want to toughen up before you eat that? <laughs> Happy Sunday. Uh, on the way for you, Julie Grant's going to be filling in for Val with a news update. We're talking buckos with Rob King. We're talking Steelers with Mark Caboli and Mike Pursutis. Got your sports at the bottom of every hour here on DV.
8: Uh, I bet every teacher has been driven to drink, but you might want to wait till you get out of the school, the Virginia (laughs) elementary school teacher in hot water for allegedly boozing inside a classroom. Teresa Folsom was the one officers say was drinking. Alcohol was found in her classroom. She was arrested and placed on
3: suspension.
0: If you're so drunk that it gets deemed a medical emergency, then you are in bad, bad shape. (laughs) And you're in an elementary school. (laughs) Things have gone
4: south.
8: (laughs) Maybe you chose the wrong career.
4: All right, guys, we're going to finger paint today.
8: (laughs) I'm going to lay down. This is social studies.
0: (laughs) Just paint Andrew Jackson.
4: <laughs> Shut up.
0: Randy
6: Bellman, and the DVE Morning Show.
0: It is the DVE Morning Show, and uh, we are so uh, pleased to have uh, Julie Grant from Channel 2 here this morning filling in for... Val Porter with your news. It's so good to see you. Hi,
3: Randy. Look at you I with your know. bucko's head oh, on. So great good great to morning. see you too. Good morning. Thanks and she for having snacks me. snacks and you treats. Guys the best.
4: And it's just incredible. First of all,
3: course.
0: she rolls in here them. and she has a huge bag. She's got a duffel bag of chips. Of chips. It, it says a lot of what she thinks of you and I <laughs> that she came in here with treats that you would basically prepare to go to a day to Kennywood with a little kid. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> like all kinds of candy, Tootsie Rolls, <laughs> Tootsie, Tootsie Rolls,
8: individual bags. Yeah, <laughs> and, and there's a
0: bunch of Lay's potato chips, <laughs> Cheetos, Fritos, and stuff like that. This is, and this is basically what a mom does to go. This will shut the kids up. <laughs>
8: Honestly, yeah. I didn't mean it like that. I'm just one of those people I love junk food, so No, you're it's the best. Like no, I it's need. really it's
0: really sweet, but you really uh, pegged us. Better better get them some treats.
3: <laughs> you guys are
0: really bring some
4: snausages in <laughs> for the fellas.
0: Some pepperoni. Did you ever think of some if you did that at a party, if you actually served snausages with like a hummus dip in the middle and you just like set it out, how many people would eat it and notice? I think everybody would notice,
4: but they would definitely bite into it without noticing it. I mean, the first one they'd be like, "Oh, this is really." Because I say that only because I've tried one. You try the snosses? Yeah, they're bad. Yeah, they're not. It's not human food.
0: Snosses was the first dog treat, though, that looked like it could have been delicious.
4: Yeah. Look, some
8: of them look so Gee. good. Mm-hmm. They
4: really do. Yeah, like well, the, they look so high high good that I was like, I gotta know. Right? I gotta know. Is
0: is this edible? My no, dad, it is not. My dad used to love those bacon bits. You know, uh, for he liked to put them oh, on his yeah. salad because mm-hmm. to him that was the greatest thing in the world. He's like, they're chopped up already, and you throw them on your salad. There's bacon. Boom. This is the greatest thing ever. And if you ran out, he actually would make BLTs with those things by heating them up in the microwave. I'm not kidding. <laughs> I mean, it sounds amazing. Put bacon bits on a plate, microwave it, and then put it on bread with mayonnaise.
3: Oh, that's fantastic! So basically, (laughs) he's a chef, right? What
0: you're telling me. But when he was bitching one time because we didn't have any, my brother was like, "There's some bacon strips for the dog." Remember those things? Yeah. (laughs) Now, if you look at them, that stuff is rubber. (laughs) So are bacon bits. (laughs) If you look at bacon bits and Mm bacon strips. They're like the same consistency. <laughs> it's all. You makes sure you wonder if someone does. in the bacon bits uh, uh, company wasn't like, you know, these gross-looking rubber things we cut off. Bits. Yeah, why
4: well, we just give these to the dogs? Yeah, it's like ground-up bike tires.
0: <laughs> and put yeah. that on your salad. It doesn't have really a bacony consistency. Yeah, it's it's nice. a real rubber kind of feel to them. Yes. Uh, yeah. That's- Terrible. So I think those are another one that could have tricked you. If you put two pieces of, of the bacon strips, bacon, 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 mm. put them in a microwave, heat them up, and put them on a sandwich, I bet
8: <laughs> you don't know the difference. I bet
0: you get halfway through.
3: <laughs> That's <laughs> you get an experiment at least two right there. <laughs> I bet that you really get halfway is. through.
0: I'm I'm telling
4: you now though, they're not it's not it's it's really the look is the thing that's the closest to the, mm. the whole thing.
0: Have you eaten anything besides a sausage in, <laughs> in terms of dog treats <laughs> no
4: <laughs> I just I was, was just like just I gotta I gotta know yeah. and they are they're awful. How old were you? <laughs> this is last year. <laughs> 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 like way too old to be trying Snossages Okay, yeah. like <laughs> college. <laughs> All right, yeah, college is. I mean, that's when you really it's should be trying that stuff. I was doing a lot of experimenting, experimenting. at the time. One of the people to
0: <laughs> Dave Matthews. My you know well other people <laughs> talking about experimenting in college or talking about with their sexuality yeah. or drugs well, you're no, like that's no I, I, was I did eating.
4: i did admit the dave matthews thing
0: <laughs> <laughs> julie grant's got a news update for you here on uh dve thanks I, I again do. for filling it for val we appreciate oh, thanks it thanks
8: for having me it's my pleasure okay guys so listen to this so A woman unexpectedly has a baby in New York while she's on a business trip. So New Yorkers continue supporting her. She's from North Carolina. Unexpectedly delivered her baby 16 weeks early. Oh, wow. I mean, 16 weeks. She was on this business trip to Manhattan. Chelsea Holbert says her little girl will likely have to stay in the hospital in New York until September now. Some mothers on the Upper West Side heard the story. They've been making meals for the 23-year-old mom. It's so sweet they've been letting her... And her husband stay in their apartments. Another mom has actually donated some airline miles to them so the couple can then fly back and forth between their home in North Carolina and their newborn infant in New York while she is growing and getting healthy and ready to go home. So that's pretty wild.
4: Yeah, that's amazing. But also, why was she on business trips pregnant? Well, it was a long time before yeah, she was maybe birth. maybe she, she didn't Weeks. think it was going to be that eminent. It's
8: really, early. She mm-hmm. was like
4: five and three quarters months pregnant. It wasn't mm-hmm. like, you know. Yeah. The baby right. wasn't fully cooked. Yeah,
8: right, right, right.
0: You thought you'd be good,
8: so hopefully, the baby would be nice and healthy. Yeah, my uh, my sister-in-law
0: and skipped and out on our vacation, <laughs> our family vacation, because she's she's pregnant, think, but oh. she's got like two months to go. And the doctor was like, "You could probably fly. You're gonna be okay." Mm. And she was like, "Yeah, I gave a uh, b- birth early last time. I'm not doing it this time. <laughs> like I'm not right." Not Especially around with all the, the airlines said, sure. and the sure. trouble they've been in. But then we were like... Oh,
4: yeah. They won't help you deliver that baby. <laughs> oh, no
0: way. they drag <laughs> it off like that Asian guy. <laughs> like, Let's go, baby. <laughs> 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 Worst birth technique ever. <laughs> we did a little digging and then we figured out... She probably didn't want to hang out with us. Actually, this might have just been an excuse. She doesn't like us, guys. She wasn't worried at all.
8: (laughs) Oh my god, so funny! All right, guys. So get this: Dionne Warwick is blasting the documentary that Whitney claims. Her sister molested Whitney Houston when the late pop superstar was a child. So the five-time Grammy winner is defending her sister, D.D. Warwick, in an interview that's going to air in an upcoming broadcast of Larry King now. the Singer telling King that her sister would never do anything to harm any child, especially a child within their family. Dee died in 2008, um, and D.D. and Dean are the nieces of Sissy Houston, who is Whitney's mother. And Sissy Houston told People Magazine last month that she shares what she called D.D. Beyond's horror about the claim that was made by Whitney's longtime assistant. First
0: of all, I think it's interesting that when people who are dredged back up from, you know, two decades ago, need to address something publicly, they automatically seek out the news source that was relevant two decades ago. Mm -hmm. We better get Larry King. Let's get Larry King. If we can't get Phil Donahue, right? We're we're gonna do Larry King. (laughs) And the second thing is, I don't know what happened in their family. I don't Not know if it, what abuse situation was present, but they whatever they were doing, they didn't do it right. Right. I mean that that poor family is an absolute mess, yes. just shambles. When you watch the documentary, you're, you're only left with how are people this successful, this messed up in their personal right. lives.
8: Mm-hmm. So you've seen it then? I haven't. I, seen, I saw the first.
0: I saw the Showtime There's... Whitney
4: documentary There's... that, okay. that okay. the one that just is the documentary title is Whitney. Yes.
0: Yeah. Mm -hmm. And you're just kind of left with, oh, she got so successful so soon in her life, so early, that she was immediately untouchable. So the Whitney stuff was like she was already off on her own. They may have had issues they needed to deal with with her. You know, she might have had some baggage that Mm could have been kind of dealt with. But instead, she just got super famous.
4: In I didn't see the documentary, but just from watching her career sort of on the outside, I wasn't it wasn't all that expedited by her linking up with Bobby Brown?
0: Well that was yeah, that was kinda like part two of all of this. So again, if there was abuse that happened at an early age to her, instead of having the wherewithal to deal with it or the ability to at that time, she was world famous like you know A few well, years yeah, later the and the most then,
4: amazing voice Anybody had ever heard
0: right. And then that probably sure. Put everything on the back burner Emotionally mm-hmm. and She's like oh, I don't know The stuff's all behind me It doesn't matter And as we all know That stuff never goes away Right Yeah I'm just confused at did Didi Sissy every,
4: It sounds like everybody's Using nicknames I know no, Didi did it, <laughs> it was, Who said so Sissy right. Sissy said
0: so I mean god forbid The Ramones And the Houston family Ever got together You would never be able To figure out anybody's name Didi Sissy Joey <laughs> Tommy Tommy Whitney.
8: Okay, guys. So wait, let's talk about some movies. The box office right now. Winnie the Pooh, which I, I can't wait to see this movie. I think it just looks so adorable. Winnie the Pooh could not unseat Tom Cruise, though. So Winnie the Pooh failed to unseat Tom Cruise at the box office. It's called Christopher Robin is the name of the film. It opened with twenty five million this weekend. Which they should is have good. gone with Mission
0: Impossible. Yeah,
3: you're right. That <laughs> held number one for a second straight. week, Randy.
9: Thirty-five million
8: dollars. Would have at the done better that office. way. Could trick people into think they were seeing <laughs> the other one. Right. So
4: Eeyore does all his own stunts. Yeah, he I heard does. Too. Yeah. He hangs off a. <laughs> he,
0: hangs, he hangs off a wagon.
8: Doesn't it look so cute? The trailer. For I, Christopher Robin. It all no. kind of looks
0: creepy to me. But yeah, I if I was a parent, I would look at it as an opportunity for a nap while my kids enjoyed something. Yeah. You take them it's to one of those night luxury theaters with the yes. lazy boy
4: chairs. <laughs> Daddy gets a cocktail. Sure. You sugar, sugar the kids up and you take a little bit of a nap. No, I mean, I, I like the movies that we've seen this summer that we really love, mm-hmm. uh, Hotel Transylvania 3, Incredibles 2, yes. Looking Forward to Wreck-It Ralph 2, a lot of sequels going on. Um, stuff is great. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't know, like, I was never into Winnie the Pooh. To me, he always seemed terribly sad. Aww. Him and Charlie Brown seemed like they were bipolar or, like, seriously depressed. They were. Yeah.
3: <laughs>
0: I mean, that was kind of it. Oh, hi
4: Christopher Robin. It's like, oh, God. Aww. Just his voice bums me. Like, it, it hurts me. I don't know why.
0: Eeyore, though, is a great metaphor for, I mean, we all have an Eeyore in our life. And if sure. you don't think you do, you're Eeyore. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, Uh, just that grumpy nothing, (laughs) everything's gonna go bad. We all
3: have an Eeyore in our life. We do every
0: work environment has an Eeyore. Eeyore.
8: You're right, yes, you're so right.
0: Yeah, so that was the the real genius. Everything sucks. Winnie the Pooh, I always thought was Eeyore. Eeyore, Eeyore's so cute, and And like Pooh's pretty lizard brain, right? I mean, he's just like, honey. All the time. Yeah. Right. Like he honey. doesn't even put pants on. He's like, I just got to find the honey.
4: <laughs> Where is the honey? Yeah, I'm not wearing pants, so what?
8: <laughs> I dressed my cat up as ear for one Halloween. Did you it
0: really? It was
3: like the cutest Halloween costume
8: <laughs> ever. Oh my gosh, it was adorable. You know, I'll animals know
0: they're so humiliated when we dress them up, but it, it doesn't matter. It's a good way to like really express your dominance over them. Like I can dress you up as something, and they know it. They're like, "Man, I really can't do anything about this, can I?" You're like, "Hey, I clean up your poop. Here's the uh, reciprocation." Okay,
4: I call in a couple favors a year.
0: Yeah, I'm gonna dress you up like the, one of the Dumb and Dumber guys.
8: <laughs> right. Just long enough to take a picture. Oh my right. god,
0: if I see a dog dressed up and it just has the face. Like It has that face like it knows. Oh,
8: yeah, they know. You're
0: right? laughing at them, not with them. Because they know when you're laughing with them and they're playing. But they also know when you're like, ha ha. The one that has to be the most
4: insulting to them is when you dress them up like another animal. Like, you ever seen a dog dressed up like a
0: lion? It's awesome. They're like,
4: oh, man.
9: It's awesome.
0: Can you insult me anymore? There was uh, a dog... I saw yesterday that was dressed up. And it looked exactly like uh, what's his name from ELO, e- Jeff, whatever the hell his name is, the lead singer. He was in the Traveling Wilburys. He's got that big fro <laughs> and the big beard. <laughs> and Jeff Lynn, is it? And uh, they put glasses on it. It was like a poodle and it looked exactly like him. It was kind of spooky. That, and you ever see that golden retriever that's like hanging out in the pool wearing shades? Yes, what, right, yes, yes. Yeah, I mean, come on. So
8: cute. <laughs> Sunglasses on dogs. As soon as you put sunglasses on a
0: dog, it really, like, turns them into a person. Yeah. You you can really give them qualities of a person after you see that. And do you think that they love it or they hate it? I don't know, man. Glasses, I mean, some dogs love it, some, some don't. I always felt like Jack Russell Terriers don't care. Like, you can put anything <laughs> on them. And they're like, whatever, man. I'm just looking for the squirrel. I don't care. Is this helping me hide from the squirrel? I'm in. But any other I'm dog- I'm undercover. The squirrel won't know it's me. Right. Any other dog is definitely not into it. By the way, I have a question for you guys. Speaking of okay. the animal kingdom, mm-hmm. uh, I was eating breakfast yesterday. And uh, about it wasn't even that early, like 10, 30. And two raccoons walk up a tree- Outside of my uh, my my patio there, and I'm like, well, that's not good, because it's light out. And you shouldn't see raccoons when they're light when it's light out. Right. And I'm like, mm-hmm. Well, those are probably rabid raccoons. Yes.
8: With all the warnings, yeah. Lately, right. But well, my girlfriend is right. like, Dear no, care. no, no,
0: no, no. They're fine. They're going to bed. I'm like, they're doing what? <laughs> they're goes, going. She to goes, bed. they're going to bed. That's a mommy teaching the baby raccoon how to go out and hunt. And they had a long night of hunting, and they're going to bed. I'm like, it's ten oh. thirty. How does she know the backstory? I don't know. This and I'm like I think I read something about there being like uh a problem with some rabid
8: Yes, animals. Yes, yeah. in Allegheny County. Yes. I believe there were 11 instances at last check that we reported at KDKA. No um, kidding. So yeah, I believe so and I know they've been spraying in different
0: did any of those of experts county? who found the uh, rabbit animals consider that their mommy oh, wait, I, I might have be just been taking them hunting all totally night? I'm totally
8: confused. Wait, wait, time out. Maybe disregard what I just said. Let me. Let uh, me this back. show doesn't let me matter. Walk you can walk say whatever. Throw no, anything at the wall here out. It doesn't no, matter. no, I think I'm totally wrong. Totally disregard that. I'll check during the next break. And look again, because I might be thinking of the mosquitoes, because that was the other oh yeah big the West problem. Nile, the West Nile, all
0: over the North Shore. Yes,
8: and that's what they were spraying for. I'm sorry, forgive me. It's too yeah. early in the morning. No, I no, apologize. I think there's a
0: rabbit animal thing. No, we well, do no, this there all the there time. are yeah.
8: instances of rabies too, because yeah. we've had several of those reported. I just can't the remember rabies. the number. I can't remember the number. We I-
4: called we called uh, Animal Control this weekend. Uh, my neighbor and, and me saw this uh, raccoon walking and stumbling. <laughs> see now that <they're laughs> <and then, laughs> which I heard. I swear to God. Unless they've been drinking, that means they have rabies. The, the that rabbit, does mean they have yeah. rabies.
0: These were going up trees. Two of them just going up a tree.
8: Right.
4: One of them
0: fall. Yeah, that's scary.
3: Stay no, away. it was
0: like ten thirty in the morning, like I said. So I'm like, okay, the the rabbit. My girlfriend's like, no, they were just staying a long night. You, th- you leave she's them like, alone. They're going to sleep, and you're
4: already she's beating just, them with a baseball bat up terrified against I'm the tree. i gonna go out and kill
0: the raccoons. <laughs> Let me tell you something. Uh, I will kill those raccoons if I see them. <laughs> With a series of jokes that they'll never be able to get over. <laughs> All right, you got one more for I do. us. I have Go a ahead. good
8: one for you guys to like this. Okay, so there has been a big increase in the number of people who are getting plastic surgery to look like Snapchat Ugh. filters they want to look like their filters this is according to some doctors in Boston it, they call it snapchat dysmorphia and so people are asking for cosmetic surgery to get things like fuller lips bigger eyes thinner noses
4: a dog tongue that comes yeah, out right? really the puppy far puppy filter <laughs> <laughs> right oh my god this is just like this is the, like
8: who really really i mean I just, I mean, I get, because we heard about how social media was influencing the need for plastic surgery, oh, right? And yeah. all the different apps that you can use on Instagram and all the different, you know, social media platforms. We are so
4: doomed. Filter, there,
8: but Snapchat filters, really? I mean.
4: There's one Snapchat filter that like glosses over your face and actually like takes away the blemishes. And it is pretty incredible. Oh, wow. But, uh, but that's not real life. Right. And, and I know that, you know what I mean? <laughs> I just I get the allure
0: of like looking at your face like somehow magically turned symmetrical and blemish free. Right. Then it comes with cat ears and all that other stuff yeah. is, you know. Oh my god, I want these cat how ears. You make it in my seem real like life. you're just making a joke. <laughs> you're like, "No, I'm a cat, but really what they're enamored with is I have no wrinkles. Yeah, I, right. There's no blemishes. Yep. Right. I just look like a tomato that can talk. <laughs>
8: i mean a good filter's great like who doesn't love a great filter but the fa- the face swap but, thing
0: terrifies me i think it's going to be right? the, like the newest fake news will be us battling that you know i mean we had the stories about those people there's that reddit program where they mm-hmm. were taking porn videos and then taking like who is like uh pick, you know connie chung's face and putting it in a porno and <sighs> then it looked exactly oh like like they were able to transfer famous people's faces onto these porno wow. scenes. So they were worried about, like, people doing that, like, you know, bitter ex-husbands, right. like, See, I doing revenge, that revenge right? And
4: then... I knew it. Which
8: is a serious thing. Right. I just
4: knew that wasn't real. I was like, there's no way <laughs> Connie Chung is into this. No. No. Thank you for clearing that up because I just. The porno
0: everybody Wang chung tonight. It It was was like bacon strips. It
4: looked so real. (laughs) Like (laughs) bacon
0: strips. (laughs) I hope. Well, you might have. Never mind. (laughs) (laughs) Never mind. All right, Julie, uh, thanks so much. Uh, There's your quick news uh, update for you. She's filling in for Val, who's on a much needed vacation. Mike Pursuta joining us when we come back live from Steelers training camp on the way for you. uh, Steven Seagal in the news. He is uh, going to be representing Russia once again. We are bringing back everyone from the '90s in this modern-day <laughs> Cold War turned pretty hot, and uh, we'll have some people we think that we might want to consider to go against Seagal in our one-in-one, one-on-one, rather mono uh a diplomatic battle. That's right. Mike's uh, got the full report coming up from camp, but we're also going to talk with Rob King from AT&T Sportsnet about the Buckos and Mark Caboli from The Athletic with his camp report. Uh, a lot of Steelers, a lot of Buckos, and hopefully the Buckos can get their uh, arse in gear here. Tough weekend for them. Tough stretch in the midst of these big trades that they made, and uh, they're going to have to start making hay real soon. Mike's got a full report next on DVE. DVE Sports. Yeah, Mike Persuda live from Steelers training camp, St. Vincent College, in Latrobe. Mike, what's going on?
6: Sports are brought to you by Citizens Bank. Uh, significant development for the Steelers over the weekend. They got their injured starting safeties back in the lineup. Uh, Morgan Burnett had been out since day two. And uh, Sean Davis had been out since uh, a week ago Sunday. But uh, both of those guys on the field with the defense for Friday Night Lights and throughout the weekend, that was uh, a pretty big deal for the Steelers and a pretty big deal to Sean Davis.
9: Yeah, man, I feel like we had a really good start uh, when he first got here in OTAs, um, getting comfortable with each other. Uh, But now, you know, in the show, working together and being back on the field together, um, I feel like our communication is good. You know, we have signals, we, we, we don't have to run across formations, we can switch positions, we can switch jobs on the fly if we need to. Um, so I feel like, you know, an additional Morgan um, definitely helped us a lot.
6: Yeah, Sean Davis, uh, you might recall one of those guys, uh, we talked a lot about this last week, Sean Davis, one of the five guys identified by Keith Butler as players that uh, really need to stand up, as Butler put it, for this defense to be everything it thinks it can be. It was Sean Davis, Artie Burns, Vince Williams, Bud Dupree, and Stephon Tuitt that the defensive coordinator specifically identified as guys who did not last season meet the ceiling that the Steelers have established for them and that the Steelers are going to want them to reach this season. Sean Davis uh, willing to acknowledge that uh, he belongs in that
9: group. I mean, I agree. Appreciate yeah, you. yeah, for sure. Um i haven't reached my, my limit yet i feel like i'm getting better each and every year um when the position changes you know a little more added stress to my job but um the coaches want me at that position they, they trust me um so i feel like you know that that's what i'm supposed to do i'm gonna just you know take advantage of it you know put the extra work in because like you said and they're dependent on me so and i can't let the team down
6: yeah free safety in particular uh that's the position according to keith butler that Uh, is the big play eraser for the defense. And big plays were a problem for the Steelers last year. Uh, They wound up uh, number five in the NFL in total defense in the regular season, but this was clearly a team that had big play issues periodically all season long. And uh, this was a team that particularly struggled after Ryan Shazier was out of the lineup beginning in early December. Uh, Sean Davis willing to accept that responsibility as well.
9: Yeah, no pressure, but yeah, he said the exact same thing, so, you know, that's our goal, and, you know, if 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 they if they need more more from me, then, you know, I'm willing to do that. Shoot, man, wherever they need me, I'll play, man. I just, just want to be on the field, want to make plays, want to help the team win. Very interesting play yesterday in the
6: goal line scenario. Uh, a play-action pass to Xavier Grimble from Landry Jones, and uh, this was the new catch rule unfolding in front of my very eyes. Grimble caught the ball. Vince Williams dragged Grimble to the ground in the end zone. They both hit the deck. The turf was wet because it had been raining, so they slid all the way out of bounds. And as they did, Grimble lost possession of the ball. Everybody on defense thought no catch because that's the way it used to be. You had to survive the ground. But that language has been removed. That part of the equation has been eliminated. And there were a couple of high school officials working practice yesterday. They called it a touchdown. I think they got it right. Mike Tomlin said he wanted to see the video uh, to make sure, but uh, he was willing to accept the initial call for the time being. Yesterday, it's, it's Mike. Does played- that does that
0: surviving the ground thing only pertain to goal line? So if if Xavier Grimble like you know reaches out after catching it and uh, it hits the ground and pops out. Is it a ground can't cause the fumble situation and he's down, or is it a no catch?
6: No, I believe it's a ground can't cause the fumble as long as he establishes the catch. And to do that, uh, this is according according to back judge Tony Sterator, who was on campus last week with a couple of his colleagues. The, The NFL sends guys to every training camp to update players, coaches, and media on rules changes and what they call points of emphasis. Uh, according to Sterator, uh, it's possession two feet down and an act that is common to the game. So if you catch the ball while you're standing there and then you turn to try to go upfield, that's an act common to the game. So there's a catch right there. Now you're a runner. So if you get tackled and the ball pops out, it's a ground can't cause the fumble. I would assume. But, uh, you know, we'll see how this plays out. We'll also see if this plays out in a, a scenario where they're calling everything by the letter of the law in September. And by December, we're back to the old ways. Right. <laughs> you know, they got to enforce it too. Right. But it was, it was interesting because there's been a lot of talk about that. And we're going to hit the rule stuff pretty hard tomorrow because the Steelers are off today. And I've had a chance to talk to a number of people, Tony Sterator included about uh, the new rules on kickoffs and, and kickoff returns. Uh, the catch nine catch uh, the crown of the helmet thing, which, Uh, You know, the officials are saying, hey, it's not that big a deal. And a lot of players around the league think this is almost revolutionary that you can't lead with the crown of the helmet anymore. It's not just that you can't hit a guy in the head with your helmet. You can't hit him anywhere with the crown of your helmet.
0: Right, you can't go into his sternum.
6: The running backs can't duck down and and blast into a guy with the crown of their helmet.
0: Uh, You know, and this is all in an effort to improve the safety of the players, and, and, and I get that. Uh, it's just going to be so hard to be consistent with that one. I know it's either going to bog the game down
4: completely or just be not called several and, times in a game.
0: And I vacillate back and forth between the uh, yeah, I think they should do everything they can to make players safe, and this is a violent game that you'll never be able to g- get the violence out of it. Right? You and, can't. You can't referee your like the violence out of the game.
4: Yeah.
6: Yeah, I would agree with you. The one thing I, I think they've made a good stride in is uh, there are uh, potential ejections for launching and spearing, and they, they're they're calling that. Uh, you know, it's it's a linear uh, interpretation. If if your back, your neck, and your your head are all down and you're kind of uh, parallel to the ground, and you're just blasting into a guy, you might get thrown out for that. And uh, so, that, like,
0: the hit on A.B. in that Bengals game last year and the end zone, what was the guy's name that hit him? Which game? The game where Shazier was hurt. The ultra-violent. The, the Bengals game. Was it a- th- Oh,
6: the Cincinnati game a couple of years ago? It was it,
0: la- last year. Wasn't it? was it? Yeah, it was the game Shazier was heard on. Everybody was saying how heavy hitting that game was, and it was like the most violent game of the year. I think was it a Thursday night game, maybe? It was a Sunday night game. Uh, I had a it was I, a prime time.
6: I remember the Shazier hit and that's about it from that game. There was a
0: hit on mm-hmm. A B after that in the end zone that he just he caught it and got took one right to the helmet and got pancaked. Yeah. Got up with the ball, touchdown, no penalty. No nothing.
6: Yeah, that was down in the river end end zone. I remember the one uh, that you're thinking. Yeah, uh, yeah, you're not. That's you can't do that anymore. And uh, to Bill's point, will it bog the game down to the point where the players adjust and it stops bogging the game down? George Locum. Or will, there you go. Or will it bog the game down and they'll stop calling it so much because it's bogging the game down? We it's, shall see. It's one of those things where academically it
0: all makes sense in a perfect world. Yeah. Take out the hits where someone is is doing things that are outside the scope of the game and they're trying to hurt that person and then get rid of that person and then that will deter future uh, uh, incidents such as this. But the reality is the execution of that, the judgment call that needs to be made, the having the courage to make the call in that situation, all incumbent on referees who, quite frankly, would rather not have to deal with a a week of controversy a lot of times and they... uh, don't call anything and say, "Well, let's send it back to uh, New York. Let's see what they say."
6: Yeah. And guys, who quite frankly are used to doing it a different way for a long time. There's right? that too. Yeah, it, it's like the players; they've got to adjust. You know, uh, is there such a thing as muscle memory for the brain, where you know, mm-hmm. referee is conditioned to think that's a penalty, that's not a penalty, and now he's got to sort of recalibrate. Right. We shall see. Bucks uh, two to one loss to the Cardinals yesterday afternoon. They dropped two to three to St. Louis on the weekend. Trevor Williams. Uh, Gave up two runs in five innings. His scoreless streak reached 21 and a third innings before Matt Carpenter got him for a home run in the top of the fifth. Cardinals had been hitting the ball around the yard all weekend. Somehow the Pirates got a split in the first two games. Uh, St. Louis left a small army on base in those two games. Yesterday a pitcher's duel, but the Pirates unable to get it done. They fall to 57 and 55. They've dropped four of six. Since that 11-game winning streak, they're losing ground in the division and in the wild-card chase. they got up, make another significant move. And uh, just maybe they are positioned to do so beginning tonight in Colorado. They uh, have three with the Rockies, uh, four with the Giants, and a couple with the Twins on a 10-day, nine-game road trip coming up. And uh, tonight it's Joe Musgrove. Tuesday it's Jamison Tyone. And Wednesday it's Chris Archer in Colorado.
0: Thanks, Mike. Appreciate it, man. We'll talk to you more next hour. We got uh, Rob King from 18 t t Sportsnet joining us, 8.15, to talk buckos. Mark Caboli with his camp report. The athletic reporter joins us, 8.45. When we come back, Russia has appointed Steven Seagal to be a special representative <laughs> to improve U.S. <laughs> relations. We come up with ideas for our own diplomat to match up against Vladimir Putin. Vladimir Putin's favorite, Steven Seagal. Also, some Steven Seagal facts you might not have known. Know your enemy. Even though he has U.S. See citizenship, our enemy now? he's representing Russia. They are a uh, they they are a uh, an adversary, hostile a hostile state. And now they have a bandana wearing, painted on hair, having triple XL gi wearing. He's got so many martial arts <laughs> belts. I I don't even know how to say none of them this. fit anymore. <laughs> either. Fifty states. Uh, It's Randy Bauman and the DVE Morning Show. Bill Crawford with me. Julie Grant from Channel 2 filling in for Val with your news this morning. Well, uh, some of the uh, international news from over the weekend. Steven Seagal is now uh, Russia's special representative to try and help improve U.S. relations. Vladimir Putin, his buddy. Vladimir Putin. Vladimir Putin, Putin, as you know, he has a very Steven Seagal way of saying (laughs) Vladimir Putin's name. Um, That is not surprising totally. He's kind of decided, here's my guy, Steven Seagal. <laughs> uh, now for it's those just of you, part of the
4: electric Kool Aid Acid
0: Test that we're all living in right <laughs> now. Yes. Cause things are absolutely nuts, but here's uh Steven Seagal's blues band.
1: I'm a the I'm loving.
0: I mean, I don't know hey, if he's going to have any good. blues tunes that address US-Russia relations right now. Don't heckle his band. He has so many towels on him while he uh, while he's playing. He must be sweating so much and it's all like they're all like marked up with the shoe polish he has all over his face like that weird <laughs> goatee. So Steven Seagal, now a part of the Russian Foreign Ministry. <laughs> So wasn't what,
4: he a marshal or something? Like I feel like he had a TV show no, where he was
0: he was like, a, protecting
4: the border or something.
0: No, no, no. In uh, Louisiana, he was a police officer in in uh, Jefferson Parish, wow. and he had his own TV show. Remember? Yes. And it was him going around like arresting like, people. Yeah, he know. was going on raids with the cops. Right. So this begs the question: Who should we appoint? to be the diplomat in charge of meeting with Steven Seagal. Mm. (laughs) There's there's a lot of options. (laughs) There are a lot of options. Now the first one that pops to mind, of course, is Sly Stallone. (laughs) What? Your French fries drowning. (laughs) Oh boy, that's a bad line.
4: I think he has to do it as Rocky. Right? He not the, not Cobra? No. No, because, you know, Rocky stepped into the ring with Russians, and he won.
0: Mm-hmm. Stallone is uh, Trump's right-hand man. They are tight. Frank Stallone, really tight with him, but Frank would not be a good one. F- Frank could serenade the two of them while the summit <laughs> was going on. Okay, so that's one consideration, Stallone. Sure. But it has to be in Rocky persona, you're saying. Yeah, he's been there, kind of done that guy. What if we put... A guy with U.S. governmental experience in there. Jesse Ventura.
2: This stuff will make you a goddamn sexual tyrannosaurus. Just like me.
0: <laughs> yeah.
8: Jesse the body, yes, I
0: think
4: that's, yes. I mean, a little aggressive. And then are we ever going to be able to trust it, though? Because he's probably going to have some conspiracy theories about why it didn't well. Go I'll well. tell you this
2: much, you're never going to be able to find me
4: because I'm <laughs> off the grid. <laughs> Jesse, you're not Try off to find the me. grid.
0: Where, where, where? You're on
4: the internet. I am. You where, have a website. I
2: have a nom de plume.
4: Uh, You sound
0: like him.
2: (laughs) Martyboy69 at (laughs) 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 AOL.com.
0: Nobody knows who I am. (laughs) So I don't think Jesse would be very good. No, maybe not the best. No, because he would get distracted, as you said. Also, keep in mind, I'm worried about the potential for whatever that is on his head, like (laughs) rising up like Mars (laughs) attacks, and then Uh it could be a dangerous... Yeah, you Summit. don't know what he has in there. So you have to be able to defend yourself. I don't know if Jesse's in that good of shape. What about if we turn the tables on Vladiput? Uh-huh. <laughs> Vladypoot. <laughs> Is that what we're calling him now? <laughs> and we put Dolph Lundgren in there. Whoa. Yes. Now, Dolph Lundgren, of course. Another
3: good
8: suggestion.
0: The guy who was the Russian yeah. in Rocky IV. Chicago. But this just then, he's not Russian. Did you know that?
3: I You're did not lose. know that. Yeah. You will lose.
4: Yeah,
0: you will lose. You will exactly lose. lose. He's Swedish.
3: Yes.
4: You die.
0: Uh-huh. His name's Dolph. Right. How
4: many Russians named Dolph? I don't know. None. It was the, you know, it was the 80s or the early
0: 90s. I wasn't paying attention. <laughs> we put him in there. That might work. thought about Wesley Snipes putting Blade in there for a second, but I, I just don't think he would take the gig. He's got some tax issues. Yes. I think he's a little <laughs> this is how we can get him Clearing to do up. it. We'll clear up your yeah. tax issues, but you got to <laughs> represent the US. Don't let
4: him fly coach though. Passenger 57, like a whole thing might happen yeah, on the right. plane. You want him to get to wherever this summit's going to be. Right.
8: Remember Demolition Man? Oh
0: yeah. Oh, my God, yeah.
3: I loved that movie.
0: But when you think Doug about it, Jay. other 90s figures, I mean, if we wanted to just uh, sort of obfuscate, if we wanted to mess up the work, if we wanted to gum up the works and not have a dialogue, if we wanted to sort of confuse them, we could throw Roseanne in there, I guess. I thought the bitch was wild. she wise. just start screaming at yeah. him. God damn it! God, I mean, I whoa. thought the bitch was wise! I mean, she might out-crazy Steven Seagal. <laughs> yeah. Does she have a metal band? Because that sounds like the beginning of a metal song. <laughs> she could play with Steven Seagal's blues band if you know if you put them together.
3: I thought the bitch was white! <laughs> I thought the bitch was white!
0: I don't
4: like her tone for blues. No? It should be more a little w- bit more like... White? B-
8: yeah.
0: <laughs> and finally, I tell you, here's the guy... I thought the blues was white. The guy mm-hmm. I think you have to rely on to be the U.S. diplomat mm-hmm. to go toe to toe with Steven Seagal, representing the interests of the United States and uh, not kowtowing to Vladimir Putin mm-hmm. any more than we already have. There's only true. one man for the job Walker, Texas Ranger,
6: <laughs> Chuck Norris. Sorry, this is my invitation only. This is my invitation. Hey.
0: <laughs> that's it end of
4: meeting <laughs> Van Damme isn't on the table
8: yes that would have been I a mean, great anybody that can too. defeat a
4: whole gang of terrorists inside the civic arena I deserves like at least
0: I don't know at first I thought look. Rick Seaback and then, no. and then he
4: said no Jackie Chan I think you kind of cut Jackie keep, Chan you maybe you to keep him in the holster until we need a one on one with China they're friends he and Jackie Chan are friends who? Steven Seagal they're good friends, but if you get Jackie Chan, he has to be with Chris Tucker. Those two are a tandem, <laughs> right? I don't know. It's a bogo deal. <laughs>
3: Absolutely.
4: <laughs> for Vladdy Poot,
0: yeah, Van Dam. I think I'm is a calling little, him that from now. <laughs> on. I think he's a little too, uh, a little too crushed. You know what I mean? I think Van Damme has been sauced up for a while. Oh no! That's but that sad. could be like the good redemption story. Like we have to dust him off and get right. him back in the training. Then you have, have, have a to montage. Dust him off. Then we have the montage of him training for the meeting. Yeah. And the muscles from Brussels
4: goes in. Somebody stretching his legs back into a split like he used to do, (laughs) someone dropping coconuts on his stomach. It's,
0: you know. Yeah. That could be great. So look for that summit of 90s action heroes as we've now basically tapped back into the 90s to help steward us through this unforeseen uh, time in international relations, whether it's Dennis Rodman, Steven Seagal. Yeah.
4: Anybody from the Expendables, pretty much, I think is where we're at. Arnold, Not. I think Arnold, you really have to keep until you want to go nuclear because the Terminator doesn't smooth things over. you know he's <laughs> he like terminates
0: the reverse of Steven Seagal. Steven Seagal basically renounced his U.S. citizenship and became a Russian citizen in 2016. He has full citizen sh- citizenship in Russia. Oh, Does that mean that he has to renounce? Like, what do you have to do? I think you just do that. I renounce thee. Like you make a statement. At the border. (laughs) Okay. And your hands go like that.
4: (laughs) Yeah, and Arnold did the exact opposite.
0: Arnold did the opposite, exactly. Because he renounced his citizenship from uh, Austria. I think he has dual citizenship. Uh, So they are kind of opposites in that regard. You can't understand a word either one of them says. Both of their hair looks like it's kind of painted on. The Seagal thing is really remarkable, though. When you look at his head... Uh It looks like every morning he gets up and puts a triangle on top of his head and then (laughs) sprays that Chris Berman stuff all over it (laughs) and then just takes a bunch of magnets and puts them all over (laughs) his mouth. And then he gets his, uh, I don't even know what you call that, Seagal Manchu. Do you know that Michael Ovitz is is responsible for Steven Seagal? He was his trainer. Back in the day, Michael Ovitz is like you could be a movie star, and so he started putting him in movies. My favorite is he has like I you loved know his movies on his IMDb profile. They have like all these Steven Seagal quotes, mm-hmm. and one of his quotes is, "I'm hoping that I can be known as a great writer and actor someday, rather than a sex symbol." <laughs> <laughs> Wait, who called you a sex symbol? <laughs> <laughs> I other, did. Yeah, like, the I other quote I'm he saying. has is, "The secret is not to act, but to be." Well, job well done. Mm-hmm.
4: I just love every movie. There's just some very thin premise that's that's really just propping up him killing a lot of people with his bare hands. He just kills people just snapping necks left and right. And he hardly moves. Yeah, he's not very mobile. He didn't show you what Van, like Van Damme would do, like crazy jumping roundhouse right. kicks. Seagal would just get close to you and snap your neck.
3: <laughs>
0: now take your big <laughs> stick and your boyfriend and find a bus to catch. Oh, this guy's funny. Oh this summit would get the the ratings for this like would be through, through, the, the, roof. through the roof. Just non-stop a catchphrase back and forth. That's all it would be. you Your disease, and I'm the cure. <laughs> <laughs> It would just be that back and forth <laughs> all day. <laughs> Nothing but catchphrases. <laughs> and then there would be like a panel of judges, probably like Big Cat from Barstool. Simon family. Cowell. Uh, yeah. yeah.
3: Simon
0: Cowell. <laughs> we'll get on those That was guys. absolute right. rubbish. <laughs>
3: he hates it.
0: So don't worry. It'll be fine. Steven Seagal is on the case. It's just a matter of who we put in there right. It's an important decision. to represent our interests it going is. forward and Knowing Trump, it will probably be D. Snyder or somebody like that. <laughs> so I'm not concerned. Julie Grant has uh, news coming up here after the break. She's filling in for Val, who's on vacation this week. And we've got Rob King from AT T Sports Net talking Buckos at 8:50. The installers that worked in my dad's carpet store when I started, like you know, me and my brothers, and my cousins, we all worked on the trucks when we were kids. They hated taking this out. And I always figured it was, well, of course they hate having the boss's kid. That makes sense. But what I didn't realize is because they would always, like, go to bars for lunch. (laughs) Then there was uh, the one guy, Dwayne, and he was the biggest pervert I ever met in my life. I mean, I didn't get any birds and bees talks. They just put you on the truck with Dwayne. And it was like, it wasn't finding out where babies come from. It was like finding out the Karma Sutra right away.
4: Yeah. And I don't want to find out where babies come from from somebody named Dwayne. <laughs> <laughs> you know, that's just me.
6: Randy Bellman and the DVE Morning Show. Learned a lot from Dwayne, and that's all I'm going to say.
3: <laughs>
0: and now I have to do it with knee pads on. Oh my like God. carpet installers do. Wait. Oh. It's a carpet installer joke, Bill. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> You wouldn't Thought understand. It was something else. You're a civilian. <laughs> you don't get it. <laughs> carpet installers we get it uh, Julie Grant from Channel 2 filling in uh, for guys. Val with your news this morning what's going on over thanks there thanks for
8: having me thanks oh, for being here lots this morning on this Monday morning so have you heard that rare and vintage Disneyland items are up for auction right now so mm-hmm. if you're a big fan of Disneyland more than 750 items from the happiest place on earth are available for bidding uh, sales won't be final until a live auction on August 25th and 26th though so here's some of what it includes um there's a vehicle from the dumbo the flying elephant ride starting bit of a hundred thousand a haunted mansion doom buggy starting at forty thousand
4: a lot of vehicles here
8: right I'm... another one from mr toad's wild ride that was a little cheaper starting at twenty-five thousand. the more affordable stuff at hundred dollars and under includes a disneyland hotel room service menu Disneyland bubble bath in the original box, and some unopened Disneyland bubble gum packs with trading cards and a piece of gum that has to be way beyond chewy.
4: <laughs> now, see, that's a little bit beyond my budget, but uh, I was at the antique shop on Carson Street over there mm-hmm. in the south side, and they have one of the uh, the old boats from, I think, uh, the old mill or one of those rides oh, at yeah. Kennywood oh, yeah. for like 370 bucks. Really? Yeah. I was thinking about getting it and like turning it into a sandbox or something.
0: You know, you see people do that. Sure. $370 sandbox. I mean, you know. (laughs) You know how your dad would have done that back when you were a kid? Oh, yeah. (laughs) No problem. Yeah, kids, just $370 sandbox. No, he never would have done that. No, my dad neither. That's why I was saying your neighbors have a sandbox.
4: Go play at their house, (laughs)
0: right? (laughs) 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 We never had a sandbox. What's wrong Mm -hmm. with the slag dump? (laughs)
4: Go play in that slag. i give you a couple
0: buckets. You want history? Oh.
4: (laughs) You want to
3: play in history?
4: (laughs) I got a good idea for you. Now, you know what the problem is? Is that Pinterest uh, did not exist when I was a kid. Oh, my God. And my parents benefited from that greatly. (laughs) Because now, if you want to be shamed... Uh-huh. Every single day of your life Just go on Pinterest There's people doing <laughs> What you want to do Better and right. More crafty
0: My yeah. old man would have been Good on Pinterest Back in the day He did this one yeah. thing That was like The like the funniest thing Where In order to Hide Where the uh, Where the the Electric box was You know Where all the fuses was The fuse sure. box and everything mm-hmm. He built a Because uh, it was in the basement Oh and we had A little finished basement area That had a TV uh-huh. So he put a bookshelf Over the top of it that slid back and forth, but you couldn't That's have what I'm talking about. But you couldn't have full books because they would go too deep. Oh. So we had to cut the books in half. <laughs> oh no. So but you had to cut them widthwise. Not like Oh yeah. You know, like you had to cut them down the page. Not it They're wouldn't be unreadable. like you could read the first 200 <laughs> so pages. What did you it was do? that have every David page Blaine was only half there. And no, them? We <laughs> took hacksaws <laughs> and did so later on he did you the same thing when mutilators. Remember when the the big screen TV craze happened and so, everybody was like, "Oh, we have to get the biggest." The one right. that sat on the floor. Stupidest movie theater sized screen yes. that had the huge speakers underneath it. Oh yeah. All right, so he had one of those and he had a cabinet built into the wall, which went into the garage and he wanted to have a bookshelf around it because he liked the way that looked, even though never read a book. Like, I never saw my dad read a book, ever. <laughs> ever. But he liked the idea of books being there. I, I like to imagine him
4: reading one of those half books. <laughs> no, right. I think I got half the story. So we had, I don't know.
0: So we had the same thing happen, where the first half of the bookshelf, it couldn't go back any further because it would go into the hallway before the garage. So you couldn't go all the way back. So those all had to be half books. <laughs> oh, so my God. we took a hacksaw, and would <laughs> go down that and cut the books. And my high school books. girlfriend was like hanging out at my house one day and my dad was like <laughs> screaming at me for something and I was like giving him lip back and everything. And he's like, if you don't have all those GD, books cut in half by the time I get home. <laughs> Your ass is grass. And she started laughing so hard. Like, I'll never forget. Like, she belly laughed. She's like, he just screamed at you to cut books in half. I'm like, yeah. Yeah. I have a weird family. <laughs> so I'm like sitting over there. I'm like cutting. And I'm all mad. Like, this is that BS. like. To kill a mockingbird, <laughs> and <this laughs> sounds like
4: the prequel to Fahrenheit 451. But here's the thing:
0: we didn't have that many books, so he like we were collecting books from like, you know, bo- like my uh, like textbooks and Going stuff like and that that we weren't using, using anymore. <laughs> yeah, and so you uh, wouldn't
8: saw the good books; you just like textbooks and stuff. From here's he, one. This one probably isn't good. Read.
4: This is the Odyssey first print. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
3: so I don't know what saying.
0: Homer wrote that. I don't know who
3: this, this guy Homer. is. Homer,
0: this looks terrible. <laughs>
3: I can hardly read
0: any of this stuff. Looks like it's in some different language. Sanskrit. What is that? <laughs>
3: <laughs>
4: Dude, this is hilarious. Your dad just trying to put decor together like he liked aesthetically the way yeah. books look, but didn't like books.
3: Exactly.
0: He would go to he would go to, like... Why didn't he just
4: get, like, book so wallpaper? You know how they have that? like.
0: <laughs> yeah, Dude, if he could have, he would have. <laughs> <laughs> the, the, the bookshelf is... I, he had never read a book in his life. You know, like... I, I, I swear to God, he, you know what he'd read? Mel Kiper's draft book that he put out every year, and anything Sports Illustrated did, he would read that, or like a history book. He would like Don't like you dare cut that in co- half. Coffee table stuff, man. If you, that, oh sure. my God, if there was a book on like Mark McGuire and Sammy Sosa that was yeah. fifty inches thick, you'd get that for Christmas. Here you go. Here's a 900-pound book to put on your uh, coffee table. Oh, my God, that's funny because that's a lot of the things on there is like you, you
4: can look up like, oh, how do you hide your AC unit outside that maybe be all rusted out, and there'll be like 50 ideas. Oh, you can do it with lattice, and you can try to yeah. get this faux ivy that can drape over it.
0: And- he was the master at that stuff. He was really good at that dumb stuff. So I feel like he would have been good at Pinterest. <laughs> <laughs> it just which is really a lot of faking. Cutting books in half it's like faking patriot P Pinterest. Yes. it's a big fake out like yes look how sophisticated I am eh, not really it's but, a shortcut but some lighten- of those
4: people i mean it's incredible like they the, they've turned their kids' room into a star Wars, like
0: they have an at at walker as a as a bunk bed <laughs> and is their goal. This goes back to the study we talked about earlier when people go on vacations just for the likes, yes. Are they doing Under it for their kids? Yeah. <gasps> or are they doing it so they can go look what
4: I did There's no wow. question it's the second thing mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. why else would you spend you know twenty thousand dollars and fifty eight man hours on a
0: on a bed right? Mm-hmm. I mean, my dad's contribution to my room was he told me when I won a Led Zeppelin mirror at Giaga Lake mm-hmm. that uh, the best way to hang it on my wall was to take a glue gun from the carpet store, rip off a beer tab from the back of a Strohs can. <laughs> And then hot glue it mean, onto the crafty. back of the you mirror. Yeah, and he said, really... just measure across, go to the midpoint, and then hot glue a beer tab on there, and it'll hang on the wall. And that's, to this day, I have it with the with the beer tab hot glued in there. <laughs> so I'm shocked right. that cutting a book in half Pinterest. wasn't a part of that somehow. <laughs> he was like, cut the mirror in half. <laughs> <laughs> Why are you going to put a whole mirror up there? <laughs> just look at your good side. Rob King from at t Sports Net is joining us right now uh, on the phone. Kinger, how are you?
2: What's happening, guys? How you doing? Hey, buddy. That, now,
0: do you and your wife do any, like, Pinterest-style stuff, like, around the house or for your kids? Are you guys, like, always looking to kind of, like, impress with how innovative uh, you can be?
2: Yeah, I don't even know what that means. See? There you go. <laughs>
0: An old-school That's American. Why we like Rob. Rob King probably had a steak yeah. and a potato for dinner last right. night.
2: You know what, man? I did. <laughs> 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 he read a baseball.
4: Awesome. He read a baseball right. book and then went to bed. That's
2: right. That is really funny. I didn't read a baseball book, but I did have steak and potato. Rats. That's really funny, guys. Yeah,
0: absolutely. Yeah, you're the all American guy. That's
2: yeah.
4: why. You admit- I thought you might have been rereading <laughs> Ball Four or something before you went to bed. Right.
2: Oh, man, that's such a good idea. That's a great book.
0: Reread the classics. It could
4: be Just done. Just don't yeah, go over to
0: Randy's respect. house to get them. Yeah, you'll only <laughs> be, be re- that. you'll only be able to read half the book if you come to my house. It's a long story. <laughs> too? Uh, yes, <laughs> <laughs>
3: That's
0: right. Rob Kinger with Zingers uh, this morning. Uh, now, let me ask you about about your buckos. Everybody <laughs> was. Real excited last week with uh, the pickups, the trades, bringing in Archer and Kayla. All of a sudden, the Buckos are going for it. They're only five games out of the second wild card spot. Yada yada yada. Fast forward a little bit. All of a sudden, they've strung together a ten game run here where things have not gone so well for them. If you're Clint Hurdle, what positives are you accentuating to your squad as you head out west?
2: I think just that you're you're due for a course correction, and that's what happens. Been an eleven-game winning streak. Rarely does that end, and then you win, you know, nine in a row immediately after that. Uh, there's usually something. There's usually like that course correction that happens. And to me, okay, you leveled out a little bit. Now it's time to go. Um, and I think Chris Archer probably had some nerves in that first start. Yeah, he looked um, a little.
0: He, he looked a little high-strung.
2: Yeah, he's going to be much better than that. Um, he's a really good pitcher. Uh, Keller in his second outing uh, yesterday considerably better. so um, and, and, you know, look, it's right in front of them. Uh, it's an uphill between them and the wild card. But they're playing a lot of those teams. A lot of the teams are in competition with. I think Minnesota's the only team they're playing this month who isn't somehow directly related to the Pirates in their quest to get to the postseason. So it's right there in front of them. I'd accentuate that, too. Go play good baseball, and if you're good enough, you'll get into the postseason, or at least have a chance to get into the postseason.
0: Were you surprised by the attendance on Friday night. I was I was a little dismayed to see only 27,000 show up for Archer's debut.
2: Yeah, but that was better than and it was a pretty good walk up. Um, and it was one of their. and I will say this about the crowd. And I missed it, you know, the great crowds that they had for those 3 years during the playoff runs and uh, that they had in as well because the crowd's just electric. I mean, it's just a fun place to be when they're that good and that competitive. So um, I mean, I, I was—I I think that it was—it was a good walk-up. Would you have liked to have seen more? I guess you'd like to have seen more, but I think fans, for you know, they're still wary right now. Mm-hmm. That, that just seems to be—I think when you're seeing the attendance, that's what you're seeing. There's still a sense of wariness there.
0: How about Luplo's pinch hit yesterday? Takes the first pitch, grounds into a double play.
2: Well, I mean, obviously, you want to see a ball in the air there, if you possibly can, um, and get the game tied up. And that's the thing, too. I mean, we all you know, we all grew up saying, uh, you know, take a pitch, let's see one from him. Yeah. I mean, you know, for these guys, they know that there's probably only going to be one pitch in it at bat. And so you need to know what that pitch is and when to swing. I mean, if you let the one pitch go, I mean, how often do you see 0-1-1? Um, if it's a good pitcher, 0-1 can be like a, a death sentence for a hitter um, because they're not going to get anything good now. Now the pitcher's going to start expanding the zone. He's going to make you start chasing a little bit with pitches that are close. So, I mean, I, I've sort of given up on that. Um, years ago, I gave up on the, you know, take a pitch thing. I just, you know, hopefully, and, and everybody's different. Not every pitcher, not every hitter knows what the best pitch is for him to take a swing at. So, I didn't really have a huge problem with that. Um, just because that just seems to be the way the game is played, different than the game we were watching when Jim Bowden was writing Ball Four. Although we weren't watching the game then, we're a little too, we're a little younger, <laughs> right? We, aren't we? Mm-hmm. little yeah.
0: little little young, yeah,
2: yeah, a little younger.
0: <laughs> um, Cervelli popping out the first yesterday, and uh, w- might that be somewhat of a, uh, a solution while uh, Josh Bell gets uh, off the uh,
2: DL? Yeah, I don't think we're going to see Josh. Um, out for too much longer. At least I hope we're not going to see him out for too much longer. What about the um, future for Cervelli, though? Well, I mean, if if Bell is healthy, he's not going to be playing a whole lot of first base, you know? Um, and so, I mean, would would you put him out there maybe instead of Jose Osuna now while you're trying to win games? And, yes, I could see that happening. But I, I don't see that being a, a real – he's not the type of hitter – um, He's a good hitting catcher, right? right? So he's not a guy that's ever hit 25 home runs and you feel, oh, we got to get this guy playing first base. Um, is he a better alternative against some lefties than some of the other options? Yes, he, he probably is. But is he a better option than Josh Bell when he's healthy? I'm not sure about that. The Pirates kind of bristled at the notion that he'd be playing first base, um, but that was before Josh Bell got hurt.
0: Right. Uh, the rotation after of the Buccos. I mean, look, with Archer in there, all of a sudden it it, it looks like they've got something that they're going to be able to string, uh, you know, nice runs together here to get out of this current slump. Like you said, if you contextualize it with the winning streak and put all those games together, probably a little more representative of where the Pirates are right now. Uh, but again, Trevor Williams just you know throwing a, a, a great game, but not getting the run support.
2: Yeah, um, look, Trevor Williams has stabilized. You know, for four months, he was one of the best pitchers in the National League, sort of quietly, um, the last three months of last year, the first month of this year. Um, Then ran into some trouble in the last month or so. He's been back to the guy he'd been for four months. Mm -hmm. That's very encouraging. Um, The guy, you know, I think we all have liked what we've seen at Joe Musgrove. Obviously, you need to see more um, competitive, fiery guy. Uh, You have Archer, and then, you know, a guy who's really taking off, and and the, the the numbers don't really show it because um, it happened in his last start in at the end of May against the Cardinals, but Jamison Taillon really altered his approach at that time. You know, stepped away from the fastball-heavy approach, started throwing more breaking pitches, started using some of these newer techniques um, that seemed to be all the rage, tunneling and these other things, at least referencing them. And since then, he's been a different guy, top ten pitcher in the National League. I think that's who he is because he's really talented, really smart, um, really competitive guy, so yeah, I'm bullish on where the Pirates' rotation is going, and they still have, you know, they still have good depth um, for now with Kingham and Holmes, and then moving forward with Chad Cool, um, depending upon you know what's going on with his forearm, and you know Mitch Keller. So, so I think their starting pitch, uh, pitching is is in a very solid, very good position right now for a team that expects to be able to compete.
0: Rob King, AT and T Sportsnet, Kinger, thanks for your time, man. It was great talking with you this morning. Uh,
2: Always good catching
0: up, guys. All right, man. We'll talk to you soon. See you, Rob. Boy, if you ever catch any of the special programming they do on at t Sportsnet. Tremendous. The stuff, if there's a rain delay, it's one of the few times you don't turn the station because the programming in between delays is so compelling. They have oh. such great stuff. Oh, so good. Mike's uh, got great stuff. Live from Steelers training camp. When we come back... Mike will be talking about the weekend activity. They were under the lights Friday night. Sunday practice a little bit uh, disjointed because of the weather, but boy, we had a blast out there in Latro last oh, week. I
3: bet you did. Yeah, it was a yeah, good time. We did. That's awesome. Oh, such a that's cool awesome.
0: experience. And then to see after we saw Ryan Chazier at practice walking around with he had like a cane, and what I was that, I, I had to do like oh, a double take.
8: Photos. Oh my gosh.
0: Because I was like, that's is that. Is he really walking like Incredible. that? And then he, he walked with no too. assistance uh, at the stadium on Friday night.
8: What an inspiration! I he cannot is. believe it. Wow!
4: Cannot believe it. It's- I neither could I. I just mm-hmm. I was looking at that him crossing across the entire field and just saying like, "How is he doing this?"
0: Right. I know, and it, it makes me feel like like there's so many things you're like ah, I'm not going to be able to do that. No, there's no way I can do that. Right. You talk yourself out of so many things. That dude's like, I'm going to walk again. All the doctors are like, like he's probably not gonna. (laughs) And then he just does it. Does it. That's That's why with the playing thing, if I were him, I would never play again. But I'm not him. God, no. And I mean, if it somehow ended up happening that that guy played football again, I guess I shouldn't be surprised.
8: Yeah. If anybody can do it, it'll be him. Right. If anybody can do it, it will be Ryan. Right. Because I've
0: at, at every point I've along his recovery I've kind of thought to myself like well I mean you know what's the best case scenario here and he keeps blowing past those markers
3: right he does I mean
0: I was thinking like when this injury happened like okay quality of life like what
4: can he continue right. to do can he mm-hmm. can he walk around with his kid sure but now it's it's like what I'm not going to put any sort of limit on what he can achieve although I think playing should not be a thing he ever does me again. neither but Can you imagine him, like, taking a hit? He's repeatedly
0: said that's his goal.
4: That's, it's just... I know.
0: Well, there are some new rules in place to prevent injuries like Ryan Shazier's from happening going forward. It's going to be tough to implement them all. Mike was talking a little bit about them last hour. We'll talk more with Mike when we come back from this commercial break. Live from Steelers training camp on DVE Sports. Hey, I just want to thank everybody uh, at the uh, Johnstown Music Festival for making us feel so welcome this weekend. I sat in with uh, Paul Luke Band and backed him up uh, oh, awesome. for his awesome. set out there. It was great. Andy? Yeah, wow. we had a blast, and uh, Paul Luke is a rock star. He's the best. And his, yeah, if you haven't heard his new album "Bad Seed" yet, make sure you check it out. It was great, and uh, we had a, we had an awesome time out there. And thanks to Mike and everyone at uh, at Flood City Music Festival for making us feel so welcome. It's always I love going out to Johnstown. I've been it's so to make there, it out there. Yeah. Dude, that, that little venue they have there, it's, I shouldn't say it's little because, I mean, they have thousands and thousands of people, but it's so cool mm-hmm. the way it kind of like the the hillside kind of comes down and then the river's mm-hmm. all lit up and they oh, illuminate so the bridge and everything. It's right. really pretty. Yeah. Uh, Mike Pursuto, cool. live from Steelers training camp where, hey, late Trobes no slouch in the pretty department. Some pretty badass sunsets out there these days, Mike.
6: <laughs> yeah, you guys know I love it out here. Sports, this is brought to you by Xfinity from Comcast. Just to follow up on uh, your interview with Kinger before we get to the Steelers, uh, I agree with him 1,000% on that natural correction theory. Uh, mm-hmm. To agree, to a degree, you could argue that their winning streak was a natural correction from how bad they had been playing before that. <laughs> uh, the, the point is that there's enough time left, but there are a lot of teams in front of them in that wild card chase. And uh, while the Cubs still haven't uh, run away with it in the division, uh, seven and a half is a significant number. Uh, the Pirates need to get on another winning streak to close gaps. And uh, I'm fascinated by the way the arms have lined up for this Colorado series that starts tonight. Musgrove, Tyone, and Archer going bang, 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 and then uh, you've also got Trevor Williams, who you guys discussed in great detail as a quality starter uh, in the mix. And then Yvonne Nova is your fifth. Sometimes you get good out of Nova, sometimes you get bad. People out of were Nova.
0: pissed yesterday, though, about uh, Clint. You know, the the rotation notwithstanding, that. Luplo seems to be the guy he keeps kind of like leaning on in situations when he shouldn't, particularly right there. I mean, well, he's I mean, done with for, Williams. He's a
6: outfielder not? right now. Uh, you know, I'd rather have DiMaggio, but they don't have him. I know. Uh, Harrison,
0: Freese- though? I mean, you have Jay Hay available. I mean, if if, if Freeze is, is you know still uh, ailing from the contusion or whatever it is, he wasn't hurt enough to not play Saturday night, but Luplo's uh, just... He's got a bad name. <laughs> it's kind of easy to make fun of name.
4: I don't name. like his name. <laughs> Keep I, that I think guy he's out got skills. Lineup. I
6: think he's trying to find his way into big leagues. The production obviously hasn't been there, but uh, I, I tend to judge managers on how the thing comes out after 162 games. Uh, I know it's fun to to say what you should do on a particular at bat or which pitcher you should bring in in a certain time or which pinch hitter to mm-hmm. go to. These guys have so much more information than we do. Oh, I agree. Um, you know but i 'm
0: surprised at how much criticism uh, clint 's been taken lately from the pirate fan base. There really seems to be a tide turning against him a little bit
6: Is it a tide or is it a couple guys well
0: uh, it's a, well <laughs> maybe it, it might be just a couple loud I know Madden is definitely part of that, but it seems to me that there 's a, a broad base of pirate fans who agree i just that 's just from reading comment sections underneath you know the articles in the trib and and uh, the post Gazette.
6: Yeah, hey, let's see where it goes. I I thought he was doing a pretty poor job when they were going 14-31, and but then the 11-game winning streak uh, comes after that, and all of a sudden uh, the narrative becomes, boy, Clint Hurdle had a lot of patience with these guys, and uh, he kept them going and all that. So, you know, we'll see where they are at the end of September. They they have a chance. It's, uh, you know, a good chance, bad chance is indifferent. They have a chance, and uh, they've got the arms, I think, to go down the stretch. I think the teams that make the postseason are going to be the teams that get the best pitching. And the Pirates look like they have their rotation and their bullpen kind of locked in right now. So uh, there's possibility there. Uh, Steelers were on uh, the practice field all three days out here in Westmoreland County. Friday night lights. Friday night over at Latrobe Memorial Stadium. Bud Dupree lit it up and then became concussed. (laughs) On Saturday Uh, rookie uh, receiver James Washington appeared to take some steps in that he actually caught some balls from Ben Roethlisberger. And then yesterday, a lot of good short yardage work and maybe the new catch rule coming uh, into focus on the field. Uh, A pass to Xavier Grimble that he caught, was dragged to the ground, and didn't survive the ground. But guess what? You don't have to anymore. So touchdown and, uh, you know, hooray for the Jesse James play in retrospect. But keep in mind, Steelers fans – uh, your team can get scored on in this fashion as well. I uh, wanted to give you guys a little insight into Mike Hilton this hour because he was active again, and they used him in backs on backers on Friday night for the second time. Uh, it seems that, as if there's nothing this little five foot 184-pound slot corner can't do. He had four sacks last year in that role, and he thinks he can keep getting sacks this year, even though teams know now that Hilton is going to be coming. They gotta
1: stop it, you know. You can, you can prepare for it. You just gotta stop it. I feel like if I I have a step on the tackle, you know, I'll be able to beat him around the corner. And if I get in my pass rush against a, a back, you know, I'll be able to react and make a move on him.
6: Mike Hilton's pretty noticeable also because uh, he does stuff uh, that 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 resonates with the crowd. Uh, I'll give you two examples. Friday night, he's on the sideline. He doesn't have his helmet on. They're running 11 on 11, and Josh Dobbs just ail- ma- airmails one on an out route. <laughs> Hilton catches it on the sideline and immediately sprints down the sideline into the end zone for an out of bounds pick six. Uh, <laughs> the crowd went berserk. Uh, the day before, or excuse me, the day after here at St. Vincent. They're running uh, a one-on-one receivers, defensive backs drill. Now, the DBs rarely have a chance in this because the quarterback is not under any kind of pass rush, so he just holds the ball until the guy gets open, and then he throws it. Hilton is lined up against uh, Marcus Tucker, and Tucker's running toward the post, and Hilton guesses he's going to cut in, and Tucker cuts out. So Hilton is, is clearly beaten. He turns around, takes one or two steps, and then he yells, ah, bleep it. And then I forget who the quarterback was, but he overthrew the ball. And Tucker's trying to catch it before he goes out of the end zone, and it goes off the ends of his fingertips incomplete. Hilton turns around in the crowd on the hill. He's got his arms outstretched and his palms upraised. And he says, see? And then everybody kind of laughed at that. <laughs> he, he just does stuff to get himself noticed out here. And he said that's uh, part who he is, and it's part by design. We out of bounds, you know. I had to take advantage of, you know, just having some fun, trying to
1: bring some energy to practice. You gotta enjoy every moment, man. You gotta can't can't take it for granted. You gotta have fun,
6: and you know, you you got you show energy to other guys, and other guys pick it up. Yeah, Mike Hilton is an energy giver. I uh, will tell you what, you talk to him after some of the stuff that happens out here. If, if he gets beat on something, he he doesn't make excuses about it. If he plays well, he doesn't boast about it. Uh, he's, he's always uh, lively and engaged uh, on that. Uh, Xavier Grimble pass that we've talked about a lot today, the uh, the new catch rule uh, example when the ball came out, Hilton was going crazy, and then the referees called it a touchdown, and he was screaming at the referees and screaming at the offense. Uh, th- this guy is a find, and it's 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 funny the way stuff works out sometimes. He played at uh, Ole Miss with Senquez Golden. Remember the number two pick who could never get on the field and uh, Senquez Golson. Uh, Golson, yes. And I asked somebody in the personnel department, how'd you guys find Mike Hilton? And the response was, uh, right about the time we were screwing up Senquez Golson. Hmm.
0: Screwing up.
4: He's an yeah. undersized guy, though, too, Mike, right? Which makes it sort of all the more improbable that he's making the kind of plays he's
6: making. And, and that's why he wasn't drafted high the way uh, Golson was. And he can play the game. And uh, the the fear is that little guys get hurt. That's why teams don't like to collect a lot of little guys. But uh, so far, so good for Mike Hilton.
0: Mike, Pursuit, a line from Steelers Training Camp. We're going to check in with your buddy, Marco Bolli, your, uh, your next-door neighbor out there at camp, right?
6: Uh, he is my neighbor, but uh, they are off today, so Boom is uh, home at his palatial estate, wherever that is. You He's don't not t- a
0: little guy. You don't take off. No, I'm here every day. You hang out. You could have gone home. He's you chose to stay no days the doors. off.
6: Yeah, that's right. Here's why I chose to stay. Because if I'd have gone home, then I had would have had to come into the studio today, and I would have had to get up at four thirty. This way, I got to sleep in until six, and I talked to you guys this way. Wow, smart.
4: You smart. See that? Not like everyone says. No, smart.
6: (laughs) Who says what? Come on. (laughs) I'm Fredo now because I'm in a dorm? (laughs) Because I've been going to college for 32 years? I'm not smart?
0: Why didn't we have talks like this before, Mike? (laughs) Mark Caboli from The Athletic joins us next on DVE. (laughs) The DVE Morning Show. You're home of the Pittsburgh Steelers 102.5 DVE. Mark Caboli from The Athletic joining us right now. Mark, good morning. How are you, man?
10: Pretty good. How are you guys doing? We're doing all
0: right. We recovered from good. our forty-eight uh, hour camp stint last week. Yeah, it was tough.
10: Yeah, I'm, I'm on the two week stint, and uh, I have yet to recover. It is going to take a while. You guys got quite the regiment up there,
0: and I'll tell you what: staying out of Sharky's is got to be the tough thing for you.
10: <laughs> you should you should ask Pursuit about that,
0: dude. I know, I know what happens with Pursuit up there. I've seen it. As soon as he rolls into the jukebox, you're in trouble.
10: Yes, yes. You know when he starts singing extremely loud, it's time that uh, <laughs> uh, maybe <laughs> get it rolling because you know it's going to be one of those nights.
4: Yeah, are guys in there every single night?
10: For the most part, yeah. It's just us media fools that basically go there. A couple coaches here and there, but you know it's it's like nobody says anything to anybody. Like hey, I see you at Sharkies tonight. Everybody yeah. does their work, and all of a sudden, it's it's like Cheers or something. Everybody shows up <laughs> there at separate times. It's
0: like yeah. it's weird. It's like a sad gym. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Every, everybody just goes eventually. Uh, let me ask you this: you burying my, your sadness? Yeah, me too. <laughs> I'm drinking my sadness. Saddle up, uh, Antonio Brown. This is starting to get a little worrisome. What's going on?
10: That's a good question. It's it's kind of strange because um, it didn't look like he was injured and to the point where he needed to be away from camp for seven, eight days. Now, he was on. I think he was on the sidelines when you guys were up he there. He was. Yeah, he was. He look, looked fine to me. I didn't see anything out there. But let me tell you, something, Mike Tomlin is the perfect, at like, you know, not hiding things but not making things a big deal when they very well could be a big deal in right. the media. Maybe he did have a twinge, probably did have some sort of twinge. You know what, Antonio, you're not going to do any good here. Go home. But what does that look like in the media if he goes home for a week? Or anywhere, fans, media, whatever, he goes home for a week and does his own thing while his team there. It probably is a, it probably is a, paints a pretty bad picture that you don't want to hear about distractions and losing the team. So if I was a guessing man, I would say that Mike Tomlin just said, Antonio, you're just going to cause more distractions when you're here trying to work through a little bit of this twinge. Go home. Stay off social media, which has to be the most difficult thing oh. he ever did in his life. Yes. Because he's, he's he's social media silenced for four or five days now. And you know that's come from not from his camp and not him. Right. Somebody else told him that. So I'm thinking Mike Tomlin's playing this in a way where you don't need this veteran guy here while he's trying to work through something. He's just going to cause more distractions for everybody else, be honest with you, because you saw on Tuesday when during practice he's up there you know, signing autographs and making a big distraction. So if I was a guessing guy, that would probably be the avenue I would take.
4: Mark, is this a more physical camp than there's been in, in recent – History because it seems like everybody's hurt.
10: You know, I think it's a uh, longer camp, which means they're they're putting in two and a half hour training camp practices when it typically should be around two o'clock. But now, you know what? I, I have a great theory about this too. Is if he's out there working these veterans like Joe Hayden, Marquise Pouncing, whoever. You know, working them to the nub. We're sitting there complaining, why are you working these guys? We need them for the regular season. He gives them days off, gives them less reps. Now we're saying, hey, what's wrong? Is everybody banged up here? I Mm -hmm. think he's just playing. He knows what the majority of these guys can do. He doesn't know what the third-string center, who might need to fill in week 14, is like. So I think that's what it is. Give a lot of reps to the younger guys. Just, you know, error on the side of caution. David DeCastro got a, you know, sniffles, give him the day off. You know, I don't think there's anything that you point at and say, oh goodness, this is going to be a long-term injury that's going to affect this, the outcome of this season. Just, you got to, you got to know when to pull back, know when to push, push the right guys. No use pushing guys like pouncing guys like that who, you know, Joe Hayden, I doubt Joe Hayden was really, really hurt here the past couple days. Just give him the day off. You know what he can do.
0: Well, uh, Bud Dupree being kept out for concussion protocol, I guess he was lighting it up pretty good on Friday night before that happened. Uh, But you talked with some of the defensive players out there, and they seem to be taking a page. uh, Instead of uh, reiterating Tomlinisms. it seems like Keith Butler's (laughs) been able to get something through to their heads.
10: Yeah, it's something like that every year. And it's funny if you cover... Any sort of sport long enough, you realize that when you keep talking to people, you're hearing the same phrasing, the same words, mm-hmm. and you're like, "Wait a second, here. I just heard that from this guy. I just heard that from this guy." And that's a great indicator of that's coming from above. And and with the Steelers, it's Keith Butler pushing, tackling. Uh, not only him. I mean, it's obviously coming from Tomlin too, because they were the league leader in missed tackles last year. Um, they hadn't. Two guys, and Sean Davis and Ryan Shazier, that had to combine, I think, 38 or 39 missed tackles, and uh, it was a big issue. I mean, anyone who watched, that game, watched any of their games know that, I mean, look at that Week 3 Chicago game. I think they missed 20 tackles in that game. It was unbelievable. They're really focusing on that. They actually brought people in who are short tacklers I mean, I know Ryan, Ryan Shazier is so much better than John Bostic. You can't make that argument, but you know what? John Bostick made three, had five missed tackles last year. Ryan Shazier had 19. Guy like Mike Mitchell and made some missed tackles, wasn't able to get some, some plays. Morgan Burnett missed a total of three tackles last year. Short tackling, pounding it in their head, saying we have to tackle, have to tackle. And they're hopefully, you know, sort of like me in school. Hopefully osmosis sets in and you know, yeah. <laughs> it in there. And he starts working.
0: Well, yeah, and I, I don't know who's going to end up in that other spot right now. I mean, Bostic hasn't really been uh, blowing people away out there, and Matakavich still has a little ways to
10: go, right? Yeah, I think Bostic has made the turn where they know that that that's going to be the guy uh, for the past week or so. He's running mostly all first team reps with a few from Matikavich sort of switched up. So I think Bostick is a guy that's good at what he can do, and that's, you know, in that five- to seven-yard span, in that little box type of thing, short tackler, not quite sure uh, if he can cover very well, but they have different avenues to address that as well. So I think there will be a multiple of people eventually that will replace Ryan Shazier this year. And the main one will be John Bostic. but he has people in different situations behind that. Before, you only need to throw Ryan Shazier out there and say, do it all. Mm-hmm. You might need two, maybe three people to fill that role. Mm-hmm. So eventually they'll get to that point, but it might take two or three people. But I think Bostic is pretty much a slam dunk starter at this point.
4: So why have Matakavich listed as the starter on the first uh, depth chart that they put out? They kind of had Bostic backing up, Vince Williams. Was that just yeah. to basically say, hey, we're not giving this to you yet?
10: Those Those depth charts are about worthless as can be <laughs> because the league forces each team to put out a depth chart like that. Mike Tomlin wants nothing to do with it. So basically what he does is just List people behind the starters, of course, basically by years in the league, years with the team. So you look at that past Uh that start 22, you don't even – you look at a guy like James Washington, I think he's listed as fifth and sixth on the depth chart at wide receiver. Trust me when I say you he's on fifth or sixth on the depth chart of the wide receiver, so – Past those starters, get that thing, and just, you know, light it on the fire. Because that's, <laughs> that's, that's the way Mike Tomlin looks at it. So it looks he silly for yeah, Florio.
0: It, it looks silly for Florio. And Pro Football Talk to light up the Steelers yesterday for having their rookie slotted so low in the depth charts, given that what you just said, they don't even care about that stuff right now.
10: Yes, he cares zero about it. If it was up to him, there would be no depth chart like that. Like I said, he, they do it basically by either, you know, years on the team or years in the league so don't do not write any stories off based off <laughs> the depth chart you got from week one of the preseason because it will make you look foolish
0: all right so terrell edmonds might not be fourth
10: <laughs> on the depth chart right now nah you know what i saw him take about you know 60 70 percent of the first team snaps over the past couple weeks so i'm sure that he might be a, above uh, some guys I don't even know yet who are on the, their names. I have to look at the roster, so I'm, I'm sure he's all right.
0: Mark Caboli from The Athletic. Mark, thanks as always for your time. Greatly appreciate it, man. All right, fellas. Okay, we'll see you. The Athletic has great stuff.
10: Yeah, they do.
4: And Mark is a big part of that. No doubt. That was illuminating. It's funny to think that you can just take that depth chart and light it on fire. I mean... <laughs> Florio made this big deal about it yeah, yesterday. I know. I I read the article. It's like, oh... So the Steelers have
0: to be kicking themselves. All of their draft picks are
4: eights on the Jeff chart. Blah, blah blah. He hates the Steelers. No, he he no. The Tomlin does not care about this.
0: I usually don't buy into the Steeler fan mantra of they are all against us. But Florio really has an axe to grind with the Steelers, and I don't know what it is. He really hates. Yeah, the who Steelers. hurt him? I don't know. We've had him on the show before. He's totally pleasant, but he, boy, he just got it. You know what? For the Steelers, all right quick break. We'll come back. Julie Grant from Channel 2 filling in. You know what? Filling in with uh, I don't know what. The, I'll tell you the break. Will you tell me? It's she, you guys. She's got the news coming up here in just a little bit. <laughs> DVE.
8: Have you heard of eco anxiety? Apparently 72% of millennials suffer from it. Eco anxiety is apparently the stress and uneasiness felt when
0: watching, hearing, or reading negative news
8: stories about the
0: environment. I used to blindly throw things mm-hmm. in the recycling bin like, It's glass. It'll get recycled. You know, like a jelly jar or something. You're like, oh, well, that jelly jar is going to get recycled. I've done my work here. But you have to, like, wash that stuff out. I did the same thing,
4: but I love how that's kind of, like, almost a deal breaker for me. I'm like, wait a minute. I got to wash it? I want to save the (laughs) earth, but if it involves doing the dishes, (laughs) count me out.
6: Randy Bellman and the DVE
0: Morning Show. All right, Bell on vacation this week and uh, Julie Grant from Channel 2 filling in with a news update for you right now on DV. What's going on, Julie?
8: Hello, gentlemen. Hello, everybody at home. Yeah, so Here's what we have. Uh, The son of a Hollywood icon who was known for handling fast cars is suing Ferrari over its special edition model. Chad McQueen filed suit in a Los Angeles courtroom claiming that Ferrari is using Steve McQueen's name and image without the family's permission. The plaintiffs say they learned last year that the automaker began marketing and selling a special edition model Ferrari called the McQueen. The suit Claims trademark infringement, false endorsement, and misappropriation of the right of publicity.
4: Yeah, that's a big deal. I, I watched a 60 minute special a, a few years back about um, famous people who have agents posthumously and they get booked on so much stuff. Their likeness is you, they make more money mm-hmm. after they, uh, they die. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, you can't really uh, not pay the McQueens for this. <laughs>
0: No, They're calling it the McQueen. Right. No, it seems seems unfair. Um, yeah, again. Michael Jackson and Elvis were always in like the top ten entertainer, like uh, you know whoever had the biggest year when they have the top ten money makers mm-hmm. list in the entertainment industry. Mm-hmm. It's like the estates of these dead people are always making cash. I don't right. think Steve McQueen is anywhere near there. No. Mm-hmm. So you probably have some, right? Some, kick some cash down to the McQueens, <laughs> yeah, right, or at least right. give them a Ferrari. Give Bullet a Ferrari. Give them.
3: A f- Oh my
8: gosh. All right. So have you heard Facebook is testing out a new dating app? So you'll be able to set up a dating profile that is separate from your main Facebook profile. It looks like Facebook will be recommending you to others based on your interests and your mutual friends, but that's kind of still to be determined. There's no word on when it'll launch, but the info that's been leaked so far is saying that this is pretty much a finished product and ready to launch.
0: If you sign up to do anything on Facebook (laughs) that requires you to give more (laughs) information, information than you've already willingly proffered ah
8: do you think they're trying to make up for all that for giving out all the personal data
4: yes
3: mm-hmm.
8: yeah and
4: they're I, I, like look we feel bad about that give us all your personal data again let's we'll get you trust laid. us please we will we get you laid farmville we'll only is a dating app that we've got all set up and you can go on there and Farm meet somebody lovely <laughs> I mean, when so, I met Serena, it was sort of like yeah. before any real online dating apps were like up and pumping, and we uh, we met on MySpace pretty much. That's awesome. Like, well, like we Did met- Did you really? and I thought you met of, in person. I know, we met in person, sure. but you know what I mean. Like, it was, we, we courted each other on MySpace. Aww. It's like, oh, I see that bulletin you just put up there on MySpace. <laughs> what do I got to do to get in your top eight? To get in your space. <laughs> <laughs> it's just hilarious. <laughs>
8: Well, speaking of of things like MySpace, let's talk about the apps right now. So question, what apps do you hate but you just can't quit? There's a discussion going on right now online all about the big social networks and, and people who are kind of writing these, these quotes about the ones that they hate so much but they just can't stand to give up. Um, like, for mm. example, somebody writes about Facebook um, on gizmodo.com, quote, a toxic hot mess but the only way I can keep track of what people are doing
4: <laughs> I've got to keep tabs
0: on my friends that I haven't seen for 15 years how else am I going to do that I just I need to I need to know just how racist my 8th grade basketball coach is going to get I mean I I think he can get a little a little uh, worse so I, I, mean, I need Facebook for that that's one of those apps where I really
4: did despise it and I did end up quitting it which yeah. was Facebook, um, tough mm-hmm. but but yeah Mm-hmm. I don't. If I could it. keep
0: it to just music, I'd be good. If I mm-hmm. could just see music updates and stuff, I just prefer Twitter. I like the interface on
4: there probably better than anything. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. I, I know a lot of people love Instagram. To me, yes. I I like Instagram, but it's still it's Facebook. It's mm-hmm. yeah, it's not as easy
0: to uh, to navigate for me. You guys I never know exactly. It? The what's thing I going like on. about it with Instagram, though, is people can follow you, and then you don't have to see their posts. Like, mm-hmm. if you friend people on Facebook, you have to see their posts. True. True. Until you go and hit the option to hide this and everything from this person,
4: which is an right. amazing option.
0: Yeah, it should be available in real life.
3: Right.
4: Yeah.
0: Basically, all I see now is like what Scott Paulson and Val put out there, Aww. and a few like local musicians. Sure. Because I have hit everybody else, including my family, most of my family. <laughs> <laughs> My mom got onto Facebook, and I was like, I'm done. Yeah.
4: I got to get out of here.
3: I blocked
0: my I love mom. love you, mom, and I, I, I'll i see you in real life. My Aww. mom got really mad at me because I blocked her.
3: You
8: blocked your mom? Yeah. Oh, <laughs> Randy, why? Because
0: she was saying really racist things. No, no I'm just she kidding. No, she, no, because I don't want her to see the cesspool. <laughs> She doesn't listen to the show. She's, it's not for moms. That's what she yeah. told me. It's, it's not. I don't want you to see this, mom. Yeah, I don't want her to... I don't want to be worried about what I put up there. It's like, well, I wonder what my mom's Are you decide. like Tim
4: Meadows now in uh, in the, the Dewey Cox movie?
0: Get out of here, Dewey. Yes. You don't want any of this cocaine. Yeah, <laughs> basically. My brother used to comment on, on like all the posts and stuff, and I'm like, dude, you, you don't understand... This, these are not our cousins. Well, this is this is why I gave up Facebook, because I
4: didn't have time to babysit every post and I that's made. that's what it becomes. Because there were fights breaking out in my comment section, and I'm right. like, I, you know, I can't have this with family members, people I went to church with, and then some, you know, bunyak from Carrick <laughs> who's got, who's got a right mind to, you know, challenge me to a duel.
0: Right. And that's what I was trying to protect my family from. Like you don't want any of this, Dewey.
4: <laughs> it's terrible. Get exactly. out of here.
8: Do you guys snap? Do you do no, Snapchat? no? I, I
4: I have a Snapchat okay. account that I just really do with my kids. Like make funny videos and kind of send although, them to the family.
0: Although that I don't make public. I talked to somebody when we were out in Latrobe, mm-hmm. and he was telling me that like the new thing is you don't get someone's number, you uh-huh. get their Snapchat. Oh. I'm like, for real? And he goes, yeah, I don't post it. And he's like, that's just how you can connect with people. Yeah. And I'm like, that sounds yeah. shady AF. Right. AF's right. in a, a, Yes.
4: <laughs> so <laughs> you just what? You get their snap and then you just start... Sending filters over time. on,
0: Yeah, I don't know. Sure. I guess you try to like hook up with like a cat nonsense. head on. And you're like, hey, what's up? <laughs>
8: <laughs> then go get plastic surgery. Yeah, one right? of those, yeah, one like of those things it.
0: that have huge jaws
4: <laughs> and right. you just have screwed up teeth. It makes your voice real. Hey,
8: anyways, I thought you were really hot looking at the party.
3: <laughs> <Yeah>.
8: <laughs> oh my gosh. All right, so get this. A guy in Ontario, Canada wanted to prove to his friends that he wasn't too drunk to drive last week. So, he drove to a police station. And it gets better. He took a breathalyzer test.
4: Failed <laughs> it miserably.
8: he was exactly one and a half times the legal limit. Yeah. So then he got arrested. <laughs> I'll
4: show Good you guys. <laughs>
8: buddy. I'm going right to jail.
4: <laughs> That'll teach you to take oh, my keys away from me. My gosh. Just, you you got to be smarter than that.
8: Oh, that's up there with some of the
4: the Most dumbest stupid criminal yeah.
8: stories, right? Mm-hmm.
4: Well, or like the guys who uh, like can't find their weed and mm-hmm. call the cops. <laughs> hey guys, can you help me find my weed? I'm like, right. do you know that's still illegal? <laughs> right. All right,
0: we'll like 911, right 911, my meth dealer ripped me off.
9: <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> that happens exactly. all the time.
4: Right. All the time. Like, that's how that's how good meth is.
0: <laughs> I know. You'll
4: call the cops looking for it. <laughs>
8: All right. How about this? A new survey asked people if it is okay to uninvite someone from your wedding. And believe it or not, the majority of people say yes, this Ooh. is acceptable. 53% say that you can uninvite someone if you have a good reason. 8% say you can uninvite someone even without a good reason. And only 24% of people say you should never take away someone's invitation.
0: I wonder, mm-hmm. how, do you have to send them a, another a invitation? A cease and desist yes. yeah, letter, like- or, <laughs> How do you do it? Don't just save to the, the date. Yeah. Free, free up the date. <laughs>
8: <laughs>
0: <laughs> just a card. You are, unsave you are, that date. date. You are uninvited.
4: <laughs> yeah, I just don't know that? how you would accomplish it. Like um please RSVP uh P don't. Now you got to straight
0: up call the person and be like, "Hey man, don't come. Uncle Tim, that day. You're not allowed to come." Yeah. Here's why. Aunt Judy has a restraining order against you (laughs) after the thing you did in the Giant Eagle parking lot last week.
8: Right. I mean, absent something like a restraining order, what reason would be good enough to uninvite someone from your wedding? That's pretty terrible.
0: Look, they could do something. You know. Yeah, they could do a lot of things. Yeah, probably. Think like. Uh, Look, there are. We could we could be here for hours talking about the amount of things that someone could do to get uninvited to a wedding. Yeah, right. There are plenty. Of, uh, yeah, no, you're not allowed to go. One viral <laughs> video gone wrong and you don't want that person. I mean, I'm on the record as
4: saying I want to, uh, you know, if I had it all to do over again, I'd audition people to come to my wedding. Like, look, we're thinking <laughs> about, you know, putting together a 53-man roster here of people that we want to have at our wedding. But, but you know, <laughs> you're going to have to show us that you want it. I so mean, you
0: go out to La Trobe and run through some drills? Yeah. Not a bad idea.
4: They have to... Uh, do so do funny. Oklahomas over wedding cake? I don't know what Something. you would do, but yeah.
0: <laughs> if you're just diving sit for the
4: garter. There, breakdown. <laughs> if you're just gonna sit there and be a lump and watch everybody mm-hmm. dance, then we, we don't want you there. <laughs> lump, no lumps.
8: You want fun people at your wedding? Sure, you that's right. Sure, but I mean uninviting. Ouch.
0: If I got an uninvited to a wedding, it would be the greatest thing ever. I'd be like, "You bet,
4: no Thank problem." Thank you so much. Glad to not make it. I was actually going to approach you about settling outside of court. What do we have to do to resolve this so that I can not come to your wedding, exactly, and not be a jag? <laughs>
0: All right, you know uh, Julie Grant, by the way, from Channel Two, filling in for Val with the news. Thank you so much. You're the You're best. A great My job. As always. And you brought all this best. candy and the, all right. these snack oh, snacks for us—Fritos and I want to Cheetos.
8: Come and are you kidding me? You guys are so fun. And thanks for having me.
0: So they keep bringing back old sitcoms. Mm-hmm. There was a the talk that Frazier might have come back, but I think that might be getting the kibosh. Now I'm not sure. The Roseanne thing we're all aware of. Now they're going forward with the Connors without Roseanne you know uh, the Full House thing house, Oh yeah, yes. Fuller House yes
8: so cute you watch that I love Fuller House yes really I binge watched all did of that did you the oh, watch yeah. the
0: original one is that too. why
8: yes I love right. the original Full House sorry was, like growing up
0: oh like, yeah TGIA, we all grew up Full on House it. and Family right.
8: Matters yeah by the way do
0: you good see good the people who own that house are all pissed off now because people keep coming making pilgrimages and taking their picture outside right. of the Full House house <laughs>
3: Like, what did you think you were doing? You
0: bought the Full House house. Uh, Was it them or was it the people
4: that lived on their street that were like, hey, you got to stop having people like busloads of tourists come up here and just to get one picture of the the house. Maybe you don't
0: live on the block where the Full House house is. Well, what if I lived on the Full House house street? Prior to that? Yeah. It's the only way I'm okay with it. The only way. If you've had that house for 25 years, fine.
4: Well, what about the whole time in between the show and the Fuller house? You... I mean, they didn't have to make them still living in the same house. <laughs> if you buy the house next to the lives with way. them now. <laughs> yes,
0: she oh, does she really? Oh, yes, yeah, she moved in. <laughs> what the hell's wrong oh, with her? I don't know. Why can't she get her own place? She, because the, fuller, <laughs> the full way. house <laughs> house was Wasn't better
4: full than enough? the Gibbler house. <laughs> right?
0: Wasn't full enough?
4: Gibbler was over there every... I don't think they ever showed Gibbler's house, did they?
8: Well, no, but in Fuller house, they do. You get to oh, see really? the Gibbler house in one episode. Yes. <laughs>
4: Did she have a like? <laughs> does, crazy. Was she an orphan? Like did I don't no, ever she remember Jimmy Gibbler she uh, A learning funny, disability She has a brother
8: Jimmy Gibbler Who's yes. part of Fuller House now
4: Right Who yes. plays Him Jimmy Gibbler he has a thing Stephanie with Stephanie, Right yeah, That's right, right. I, I watched the show See? Who plays <laughs> Jimmy Gibbler I don't know Some, some
0: um, you know, Actor he's cute yeah. I don't know what his some, name is. Uh, Some chode mm-hmm. Some male bimbo okay. So now they're talking About bringing back Alf Alf
8: Yep Alien life
0: form Straight from male Alf the sitcom about the cat snarfing alien <laughs> living with the tanner family not right. not that different tanner. tanner different family. tanner this was the these were the first tanners now the creator Paul Fusco, who was also the voice of Alf, is all for it all right He's been trying to get this back on t v for a long time <laughs> now, the reboot of the series starring Alf. Who, of course, lands in the home of a middle-class family would reportedly focus on Alf returning to Earth with a new family and characters. And oh my so, God! There's going to be more. Uh, Alf has a family. Yes, I still think that instead of getting Paul Fusco to, to the Gibblers? do the voice. <laughs> they should, you know, after the success of the uh, or the lack of success of the Paterno movie, Pacino's career is kind of foundering a bit. And he might just be ready to finally do Alf Pacino. One of my friends wants to write up a treatment for Alf Pacino. <laughs> oh, I forgot all about that brilliance. Uh, oh, it was that to me was one of the funniest things in the world because I keep picturing him as Alf. <laughs>
10: He's I think they're about the same height too, <laughs> right? <laughs>
0: yeah, just Alf chewing gum, walking into the kitchen. Hey Willie!
10: <laughs>
4: Come on, we're going over to the Akmonic's house. Jake, Sam, and Raquel. I believe it's Sam. I'm not sure if that's who it is. But I know Raquel Akmonic believes me to be here. My whole Melmachian self.
0: Oh, my God, I know. The reality is
1: I'm going to go eat a cat right now.
0: Hey, Willie, where's Lucky? Ray Lewis, one of the people inducted into the uh, Pro Football Hall of Fame yesterday, his speech uh, accepting the uh, nomination was a little out of the ordinary. That's a good way to say it, right?
4: Um, For him? I don't know. I thought it was pretty ordinary for him. He put on a wireless
0: mic and stepped out in front of the podium. Yeah. And basically, he started. It looked like he was doing like a preacher thing. Yeah. Tony Robbins meets
4: Falwell? I don't know.
1: Crazy, right? Tell you about numbers 5, 15, 75, right? I played 17 years. I go to the University of Miami, right? And I get signed one of the last scholarships ever given, right? I didn't even have a scholarship, I wasn't even in the media guy what and the coach asked that me asked me, what was the number you wanted he said the last numbers we got is these numbers and i looked and those numbers was five and two and i said give me that 52 he said why you like 52 i said because b dog that's god's number that's completion i played 17 up. years i leave 17 years i go play in super bowl 47 i get inducted to go into the pro football hall of fame super bowl 52 man god something else God, something else. God, something Not else. great at
10: math, but God numbers, is something numbers,
1: else. Numbers numbers. You can play with numbers, but some numbers you can never change.
0: Yeah, like... I don't know what you're talking two about. Two counts of manslaughter.
4: <laughs> <laughs> One count of obstruction. <laughs> um, I What the hell was he talking about? I, I don't about? know. But my favorite thing about listening to him give speeches is that everything... Sounds super, like like he's some super preacher. And it could be about anything. He'd be like, Mama, 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 we went to the grocery store, Mama. And there were peaches, Mama. There was a bruise on one of the peaches. And you said, baby, baby, they can't bruise us. <laughs> like every single thing he says, it's too much.
0: Wait, what was he talking about? Mama, you Touches took me and to the park. The, the, the
4: kisses
1: that I give you, I never had that. I never had a father physically touch me and tell me he loved me. That's why I hug you guys so much. That's why I'm still kissing you in the mouth.
3: Wait, y'all yeah, kiss hold all my kids second. in the mouth.
1: Don't hate Ray.
0: Um,
4: That's why I still, you know, tongue kiss every single one of y'all
0: <laughs> and then give you a math quiz. I love y'all. What's five plus two? No, not seven. It's God. Go do the laundry. No. Twice, it's a habit. You got them all chanting. Baltimore,
1: Baltimore, Baltimore,
3: Baltimore, Baltimore,
4: Baltimore, 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 Baltimore. You know that chant. That everyone does. Baltimore.
0: <laughs> I'm going to Baltimore. He, uh, he did some dancing. He thanked God. And then he eh, kind of sidestepped the whole murders thing. And then...
1: 1999. 1999, 2001. May have been some of the darkest moments of my life. Yeah. But I tell you something.
0: I know, I know people God says, had a
1: time. Can you hear me now? Seven. He sends you a family. To make sure you're okay while you're going through what you're going through. Try not to murder them. What you did for me, what my Atlanta family did for me, Mona Lisa, listen to you. What y'all did for me, Steve Bishotti. What you believed in me,
6: Michael Phelps. Michael Phelps. Wait, hold on. What? Did- Michael Phelps. What? what? <laughs> He's
0: just saying names now.
4: Who's going to blot for what? Let me tell you. How what. many gold medals do you have, Michael? It all adds up, man. You can't change the math on this. I don't know how many gold medals you have, but I bet you I can make it 17. Tied with Bleach Alternative.
0: Tied with Bleach Alternative. You know what you've done for me? Congratulations to Ray Lewis on evading murder charges and also getting into the Pro Football <laughs> Hall of Fame. DVE Sports. Mike Pursuit is live at Steelers training camp, St. Vincent College in Latrobe. Mike, what's going on?
6: So much going on. Uh, I want to start this hour where you guys left off with Kaboli a little bit. Uh, talking about that inside linebacker spot, uh, it's Vince Williams and either John Bostic or Tyler Madikiewicz. A lot of people surprised that the Steelers went with Madikiewicz first during OTAs and minicamp, kind of forcing Bostic to earn that spot. Since uh, last Wednesday, which was uh, the first day the Steelers resumed practice after their day off on Tuesday, Uh, that was the first off day of training camp. Since Wednesday, Bostick has opened every 11-on-11 period, starting with Vince Williams. Now, Tyler Matikiewicz is not uh, completely shut out. He's getting a few first-team reps here and there, but it always starts with Bostick now. It uh, it very much looks like this is going to be – his position, but uh, John Bostick not uh, willing to take anything for granted just yet regarding uh, that uh, apparent starting
9: status. I wouldn't go as far into saying that, you know, but it's just like, um, you know, I've been out there, I've been, you know, making plays and whatnot, you know, like I said, my job is to go out there and keep making plays when my number's called upon.
6: But they've been calling the first
9: this week. I mean, they, they have, you know, like I said, so I, you know, for me, it's, I got to keep it that way, um, you know, keep going out there, keep making plays, you know, keep leading, you know, by example.
6: Yeah, Tyler Matikiewicz, uh, not quite ready to uh, give up the, shit, the ship yet either. He thinks that uh, the preseason games are going to have a lot to say about uh, what ultimately happens in terms of the guy who plays next to Vince Williams.
9: Uh, yeah, I mean, we're both, we're both getting our reps. Um, I mean, but, but then again, I mean, we haven't played any preseason games, you know. So, uh, I mean, we just got to just keep doing what we're doing, uh, keep learning this defense, don't make the same mistake twice, uh, and just really just just get ready to play.
6: Bostick's an intriguing guy. When they signed him, I was uh, very unimpressed. And you you (laughs) look at his resume. 2013, former second-round pick of the Bears, which implies that he was once a highly thought-of prospect. And then New England in 2015, missed the 2016 entirely with an injury, and 2017 with the Colts. But uh, during the Friday Night Lights uh, festivities over at La Trobe's Memorial Stadium, I ran into former Steelers quarterback Jim Miller, who now works for Sirius XM. And uh, Jim Miller used to do a lot of broadcasting work with the Bears. And uh, after we got done talking about Michigan State for about 15 minutes, (laughs) he started asking me about the Steelers, and I said I got some real questions at inside linebacker. And Jim Miller started banging the John Bostick drum like you wouldn't believe. Uh, He said the reason this guy is not more highly regarded than he is is circumstantial. Uh, he When he was in Chicago, there were coaching changes, there were personnel changes, there were scheme changes. Then he uh, started bouncing around, injuries, uh, different uh, environments. hard for him to kind of put his feet down and really make his mark in the league. Uh, but Jim Miller thinks those circumstances are real in terms of the effect they've had on Bostick. Uh, Jim Miller said, quote, I think he's better than advertised. I think his best football is ahead of him. He also described Bostick as uh, a great team guy, a guy who plays hard, a guy other players like, a guy who works hard. He sounds like a typical Steeler, doesn't he? Yeah, he does. So I don't know. Uh, maybe this guy is better than advertised. We're going to find out. Uh, it It is uh, interesting to get uh, different opinions on people, particularly from people who aren't uh, as close to this uh, environment as maybe, you know, maybe some of us aren't seeing the – the forest for the trees, so to speak. But uh, John Bostic, uh, he reminds me a lot of Arthur Moats in his uh, loquaciousness. Uh, he has said that uh, other players here have told him that when he's in there, it's easier for them because he's telling everybody what they're supposed to do and they don't have to think as much. And that is one of the things that they really want to improve upon, not just the tackling, but the communication and not having so many broken plays where people are left wide open and big plays result because of it. I'm
0: really concerned about that. I mean, look, if they shore (laughs) up their tackling, great, but they got a new coach, all new members of the secondary, and a completely new scheme.
6: Which, in theory at least, is going to require them to do more different things more often. Right. It's gotten harder, not simpler. That's Or at least more complex, if not hard, more diverse. Uh, there are more ways to screw up now, Randy. <laughs> that, yeah, I guess that's what I'm getting at. A L- little more to think about there. So uh, we'll see. But uh, John Bostick, definitely a guy that uh, I- I'm I'm still not going to rubber stamp him as uh, a great signing, but I think there's more potential there from what I've seen out here than what I initially thought. So we'll see if it keeps trending in that direction. Well,
0: a terrible professional quarter- former professional quarterback thinks he's good. So, mm-hmm. I mean... <laughs> So that bodes well for him.
6: Well, it's better than a terrible professional quarterback thinking he's terrible. That's true. (laughs) And Yeah. No, that would be Trent Dilfer giving him a bad rap, yeah. By the way, Jim Miller wasn't terrible. He just never got a shot. Uh Kyle panicked. It was
0: circumstantial,
4: Yeah, his terribleness. (laughs) uh,
0: Yeah, he went to Michigan State, so he could do no wrong in Mike's eyes. Don't forget that. Uh,
6: He did beat Michigan. Last but not least. (laughs) He got a pass for life. (laughs) You got it. We we talked a lot about that catch-non-catch rule and how it's changed and how a play that uh, Xavier Grimble made, which very much resembled the Jesse James play last year, is now a legit play. Uh, I told you guys that uh, the video the NFL officials visiting last week showed the team used the Jesse James versus New England play as an example of what is now a legal catch. Uh, here's uh, Jesse James' reaction to that. Oh, it's awesome. Uh, <laughs> it is what it is. I don't know if you could tell, but I, I really don't care that much. Uh, it's in the past. Uh, we lost our playoff game after that, so we didn't really deserve a shot to go, go after the Super Bowl. So um, as much pressure as people try to put on that catch, I, I've moved past it um, far beyond
9: yeah, D- he's dude's over. he has got a deep
6: voice. He's he's not wearing a <laughs> I caught it T-shirt. No, no. I have seen some Jesse caught it T-shirts, and you know, rare, rarely does a day go by where somebody doesn't yell that from the hillside.
2: That's uh that that was my T-shirt. No, and it that's was about a different that. shirt.
6: No, that's Mr. when I Ventura? got I
0: got Mr. The chlamydia from.
6: Miss Elizabeth.
3: <laughs> Pirates lost to the
6: Cardinals 2-1. to They dropped 2-3 of three on the series. They're 4-6 uh, and six since that 11-game winning streak. Time to go on another one of those. They're in Colorado tonight. Colorado, one of the many teams contesting uh, for those wild-card spots in the National League. Joe Musgrove, Jameson Tyone, and Chris Archer lined up to go against the Rockies.
0: Mike Pursuta live from Steelers training camp. Thanks, man. We'll talk with you tomorrow. I'll be here. Right on, of course. It is the DVE Morning Show. Randy Bauman along with Bill Crawford, Julie Grant from Channel Two, filling in for Val this morning. Ray Lou you guys. having fun? I am. You guys are job. the
8: best. You guys are awesome. That's so
0: nice of you to uh, to say. <laughs> Thanks for for coming in with all the 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 candy. Sure. All the treats. <laughs>
8: sure. I'll bring some different treats when I come back on Friday. Please. Nice,
0: Ray Lewis. More from his uh, speech yesterday. Thirty-four minutes.
1: People always oh. talked about my dancing. Right, and they always like to see sugar hit that thing. Now, you know, you know, yeah, you know, shabby called now, sugar right, and the sugar starts shaking on them, you know. <laughs> but you know what I found out, uh, seriously though, like as I started going in that harbs, you remember this the conversation we had, right? Because I didn't want Harps. the light to necessarily be on me, because it wasn't really about me. So Doc, I was like figuring out, same power you talking about. So when I started coming out of the tunnel, I wanted to really start to honor God. So it was funny because when I went to the right, right, it was for the father. When I came to the left, it was for the son. When I came back for the middle, it was for the holy father's son all in one.
4: Yeah, you know that thing, how you um, you dance for God? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I do. I was flossing
0: for God just this weekend. <laughs> How'd that go? Really good. God. Yeah. Really good. Ray Lewis. People were trying to say that the bust that went into Canton looked more like one of the guys that he was accused of having killed, oh, no. that the oh, the no. sculptor of the oh, bust was my. making a statement? Wow. And tried I don't to, think so. Either do I. Because
4: I just think he's, he's um, bad at it. <laughs> the
0: sculptor? <laughs> yeah. It was just like the same guy that did the Ronaldo head? Right. <laughs> <laughs> it
4: mean, he looked more like Santonio Holmes than it did Ray Lewis. Well, he's, you saw never,
0: he's never getting a bust in there. <laughs>
4: it's all right. He got us a trophy.
0: Charlotte Ray died. Mrs. Garrett from... Oh, Facts of no. Life. Now, that role started right, Ray on, Lewis didn't
4: do it, did, did he? No, I... <laughs> oh, God.
0: I mean... The way you did that story,
4: it made you, it feel like... You never know. Mama, they told me we couldn't kill Mrs. Garrett, and I told you, Mama.
0: <laughs> it all adds up. But this means that Todd Bridges mm-hmm. is the last surviving member of the Different Strokes cast.
8: Wow.
0: He tweeted That's out a picture of the cast of Different Strokes and it said R.I.P. to my TV family. Oh, Lord. They're all gone. Conrad Bain died long ago. Mm-hmm. Dana Plato OD'd. Mm-hmm. She had a rough uh, go post Different Strokes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Gary Coleman, of course, uh, died after a lifetime of health problems. I did not know he, he passed away. Where did you think he was? I don't know. Do you remember when he had that really weird phase where he did, like, he was hanging out with a guy named the Cowboy? It was like Gary Coleman and the Cowboy, and the Cowboy looked like a Michael Jackson impersonator.
4: I'm gonna uh, make a confession right now. Mm-hmm. For a very long time, I thought Webster and and Gary Coleman were the same person. They did
0: no, they were not. Yeah, no, they had a thing called the Outlaw and the Indian. Do you remember this, Bill? I'm I'm trying to show Bill right now. That's not the best video. It's a little grainy. I don't remember that the when out, was that the outlaw and the Indian was a super weird thing that they had was going that before on. the Indian went into the
4: cupboard or what what like what where what time was this
0: what? I don't know they had an album
3: if you don't pop a tube, ain't pack't no view.
6: look at my check ride. ain't got no place to go inside chill out and don't complain let's walk to hop the train
9: Oh, this outlaw.
0: is bad. Mm-hmm. Outlaw and the Indian. Yeah. Ew. And the Indian, or I think Gary Coleman was the outlaw <laughs> of the that duo. <laughs> and the Indian was uh, a dude who looked like uh, Michael Jackson impersonator. Wow. Except he had like a Western wear shirt. Oh my. So it was like, think Michael Jackson, but with uh, like a uh, bolo tie. Yikes. Was... Okay, see,
4: I thought Gary Coleman was on a like a maybe uh, season of The Surreal Life. I but think that, he was. That might have been yeah. Webster. I uh, don't know. Yeah,
0: you might have been <laughs> right about that, too.
4: That's what I'm saying.
3: I think they used
8: to joke, if I remember, about people confusing them. I, I don't the
0: year before about. he died, he
4: was on a show called... Midgets versus mascots. <laughs> Gary Coleman was? What is this show? Oh. Oh. oh my God. Dude, if he was fighting
0: Steely McBeam, I don't know. Oh, dude, Steely would just. I mean, imagine if Steely him. got to go in and just start pummeling some stuff. Dude, I saw Steely at a camp the other day, by the way, and he was like, he literally did oh, the. Oh my God. Oh my God, it's hot. Like, he'd like put the back of his hand on his forehead. Like, <laughs> Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Like, oh, I man. feel you, man. It's hot out here.
4: And the hotter he gets, the more he sweats, the more the, he sweats. He just gets heavier. The heavier, heavier <laughs> that sponge gets. Guys.
3: Yeah.
4: He has to be carted around by the Whoa. end of the day. I'm
3: waterlogged.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Can um, somebody ring me out? Thanks to uh, Julie Grant for filling in for Val with the news today. Really appreciate you making oh, time for us.
8: My pleasure.
0: Thanks to Marco Boli of The Athletic and also Rob King of at t Sports Net. Tomorrow on the show, I don't know. I really don't It could be anything Really we could we have uh, got more stuff We've gone a lot of Different directions tomorrow So know. many different directions I,
9: I think
4: I, we should play Ray Lewis's speech In its entirety <laughs> Just tomorrow <laughs> Just do that
0: Billy Gardell Will be joining us
1: Crazy right Tell you about numbers 5, 15, 75 Right I played 17 years
0: mm-hmm.
1: I go to the University of Miami Right And I get, get Sign one of the last Scholarships ever given Right I didn't even have a scholarship I wasn't even in the media guide. Yeah. And the coach asked me, Randy Shannon asked me, what was the number you wanted? He said, the last numbers we got is these numbers. And I looked and those numbers was five and two. Five and two. And I said, give me that 52. He said, why you like 52? I said, because B-Dog, that's God's number. That's completion. Mm -hmm. I played 17 years. I leave 17 years. I go play in Super Bowl 47. I, I get inducted to go into the Pro Football Hall of Fame Super Bowl 52. Okay. Man, God, something else.
0: Wait, what's 47? Man, this is, something else.
1: is this the God, new math else. that everybody's talking about? Numbers, numbers, numbers. I don't get it. You can play with numbers, but some numbers you can never change.
4: I don't know what you're talking about. I have no about.
0: idea what he's talking about there. 47 and 17. I, uh-huh. And what 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 was when Is he goes a five?
4: What, remember what was the five five and fifteen seventy five five? What I was that Earth about? Day, I think that's I, sort of I think wonder? that's what he Could yeah he the day was day? born maybe.
0: Well, what does seventy five have to do with anything?
4: That's the year he was born. Oh, he was born in
0: 1975? Maybe? Yeah, just a guess.
4: I Do you mean a Wikipedia?
8: Some some
4: days some numbers you can't change. God can't play with that. Google it right now. I don't think you can. not 75. Don't know what, you, what do you Google? 17 years. 22 years later, seven, seven. Yep, that's his times. birthday, May 15th,
8: 1975, according to Wikipedia. Okay.
4: Carry so the three. So then that out. Those five
0: days. and two I'm, is God's
4: number because it's God's seven? Numbers. Seven. I don't Why is God's yeah. number seven? Because there's seven days of the week. There's seven deadly sins, yeah. too. Mm-hmm. Seven deadly sins.
0: Guess what mm-hmm. one of those is. Yeah, murdering. <laughs> exactly. <laughs>
3: exactly.
0: I think that's one through seven. Yeah. I think it murders somehow. Mainly, I
4: think that's murders. Yeah. Don't don't yeah. be murdering. Right.
0: What day Thou shall not be murdered? What day did those guys get murdered? Let's do a little numerology on that. Hold let's, on a let's second. Let's do a little dividing. Ooh, I guarantee you, we'll figure out a way. You know what was great about that
4: year <laughs> was that he was the MVP of that Super Bowl. But you know, he had just gotten off of a you know double murder a, charge, in right. charge. So they sent Trent Dilford into That's Disney right. World. That's right.
0: <laughs> He's like fifteen times seventy-five. That's that's how many thousand dollars I lost in endorsements (laughs) Uh, for being involved in a double murder cover-up. Him and Brian
4: Dawkins and uh, Randy Moss all had like those preacher rags that they had in their hand that they could pat their head with sweat because they were all like... Ray Lewis sweat through the shoulders of his jacket.
0: Are you serious?
4: Oh my God, he was he was sweating gumballs <laughs> by the end of it. <laughs> it was like a workout. He soaked
8: tape. his suit jacket. This so is called
4: sweating suit. by numbers. We do five, seventeen, forty-two, <laughs> back to three. January thirty-first, two thousand seven. I t- took a five and a two, or if you have a three and a four, that will work as well.
0: One thirty-one was the date I, I got a murdering two people. That's. Thirty-four. Divide that by seven. I mean, it's what four point nine. I mean, look,
4: that's now probably that suit how many cost me seventeen hundred dollars. That's a seventeen double zero. So you don't add that in at all. Still go with the seventeen. Now, if
0: let's do this base ten math, okay? <laughs> I have no idea what Ray none. was none,
4: yeah. but you know that, that's consistent. I've really never known what he was talking about. No. Mama, they said we couldn't do it. (laughs) (laughs) Who said that? You were a first round pick.
0: He's like, I was doing the God dance when I came out of the tunnel. That was Mm -hmm. the God dance. Mm -hmm. First I take the suit. Then I move the suit <laughs> Then
3: I tell them I don't have the suit <laughs>
0: That's the dance yeah. <laughs> I take the suit from the left <laughs> the I move it here left. on the right I put Then it I throw my hand up in the here. And I'm
9: like
4: I ain't got the suit <laughs> I don't know where the suit is
0: <laughs> Baltimore. <laughs> Baltimore
3: Baltimore Baltimore
1: <laughs> Baltimore Baltimore Baltimore
4: Baltimore Baltimore Baltimore
3: Baltimore
4: Oh good lord Well How many letters are in Baltimore? (laughs) 17? I can't add That's God's number Some numbers you can't change (laughs) He's got
0: like a Kabbalah Like like numerology Stick
4: Hold on a second. Let me add this all up. 75 (laughs) minus 52. (laughs) Hold on. I'm not great at math. Let me get my calculator out. The number of
0: years I escaped in jail for a double homicide divided by seven (laughs) by God divided by God equals my nephew's birthday. (laughs) (laughs) All right, we got to go. (laughs) i'm finished (laughs) you stay classy pittsburgh don't
5: touch your face
4: i got him dead pittsburgh all day baby
5: for now you guys call me ronald
4: would
8: you not eat my pants
5: ronald